We must strike against the dragon reborn, and quickly. This man cannot be allowed to gain any more strength than he already has. Yeah, or lose any more limbs, right? That is right. What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Claro. And this is the Nerdy. The Wordy. The Book Club. We don't always do that. So I know, I but never you're know. not, you're not like, we are, it's the start of the show and you're yeah. not here with me. Do we need I'm to do here. some like zip, zap, zap? Do we need to like, no, I'm good. we can start the day with improv exercises. Get on the same page. Yeah, yeah, we'll go back to theater school. <laughs> that sounds like fun. My <laughs> mother made me mash my M&M's. <laughs> uh, not, what? The fuck? My mother made me mash my M&M's. No. My mother made me mash my M. Yeah, it is. That is not. No. 100%. My mother made me mash my M&M's is the tune for that one. No. Yeah. Uh, this is the book club where we talk about the Wheel of Time, a book series that get, got good recently. It got good, guys. Guys, I'm so happy. I'm I'm so, 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 so happy. Um, It's a, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a hell of a good time. Yeah. You know what I realized? What? I don't have my iPad. It's got all my screen caps. Oh. Well, you should probably go get that. Damn it. <laughs> what are you doing? News. <laughs> Close, you know? Didn't nail it. No, you tried. You tried, though. The Didn't. effort the effort was there. <laughs> I'm going to be so... Let me close that and door. And I, I appreciate it. <laughs> nah, it's fine. All right. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? Do we have housekeeping for this morning? This is chapters 24 through 35 of The Gathering Storm, a novel... <sighs> My hands really hurt. Why? Our banister is sharp, and I grabbed it to t- turn quickly. And do you see the, like, red oh, line? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, we'll, we'll work on your cardio. It's Cheese fine. Cheese and Christ. My cardio's fine. It's more my hand hurts. <laughs> yes, this is uh, the the, the gra- gathering storm. We're off to a great start at this book club. It's it's very um Really professional. Professional. <laughs> professional. Guys, I got I to gotta make my professional beanie. At this point, like, I just need it to happen. I'm not going to lie. I As much as I do love this book series... I don't care today about this. About what? The book? Yeah. yeah. Guys, Tears of the Kingdom came out. We have a new Legend of Zelda game. Oh my God. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm going to be streaming that I'll later talk, today. I'll talk about the book then. Jesus Christ. Did you like this section, Clarus? I fucking loved it. I've loved this whole book so far. Uh, Alec, Alec thank you for joining the Nards. <laughs> table do not like single mothers. Also, Kevin, Lord of the Slimes, Jank, thank you for joining the Nards. Do thank you not you. like single mothers? That's a, that is the question of the day. If you if you don't get that <laughs> reference, you have to watch our Attack on Titan live action reaction. Yeah. Because that was the single greatest and worst thing I think I've ever put in front of my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, do you like single mothers? Uh, no. Nah, not really. I don't. I don't want kids in my life, right? So for me, like, uh-huh. power to you. I think being a single mother is an incredibly hard, but an also like incredible thing to accomplish. Uh, yeah, and, but you don't have to marry them. You know, we can have fun. 
we're not getting into that. Uh, Clarus, is there any housekeeping we need to talk about before we get into the book this week? There kind of isn't. We had a boring week. We had a boring week. We were I kind guess... of sick and like we were still trying to like get back to a hundred a hundo p. Yeah, as yeah. Hank Green says. Yeah, that... is that a Hank Green thing? I swear it's I heard a that joke. in like high school. It's a joke from um, their podcast, Dear Hank and John. Oh. Where Hank Green started to say hundo p, and John Green was like, "You have to stop." Oh, gotcha. You like, can't like in this, this economy. No, it was more like you're going to destroy our business if you start behaving like a youth like this. It was very funny. Destroy our business. Comedically. Mm -hmm. It was good shit. It was a good podcast. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Dear Hank and John, I I recommend it. Yeah. Not a spawn. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep plugging the D and D relay, keep hyping y'all up for that. Mm -hmm. Um, that is um fast approaching. Um too fast. (laughs) Too fast, too too furious. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we're really excited for that. We have all of our players confirmed. Yeah, um, Jillian Boxglove joined the team. We're, yeah. we're we're full up on players. We still People need a are, stage manager, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, that's fine. We're working on our characters. It's going to be it's gonna be a hell of a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's not, I don't think, really housekeeping this week other than you're streaming later, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, Sean makes a good point here. Uh, Zelda is kind of Wheel of Time-like with its reincarnation of Link and Zelda and also Ganon getting sealed away and returning in a cycle. Well, did Robert Jordan steal the Wheel of Time from, from Nintendo. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this is a good point. Link sometimes has really powerful magic stuff. Uh-huh. He loses his hand in Tears of the Kingdom. Did Robert Jordan steal from Zelda? Wait, he loses his hand? Yeah, he that, has like a... That's mech- the new game. You can't spoil that for people. It's not a spoiler. It's He has a new arm in every trailer, in every photo of the game. He has a oh. mechanical... Oh, like... <laughs> If that's a spoiler, don't look at the cover art of the game. I, I don't know what to tell you. He has All a mechanical right. arm. Fair enough. It glows bright green. Like Fair enough. Uh, Trivia, thank you so much for the super chat. Hey, Nerdy, it's my birthday. Going to Calgary for a couple days. Any suggestions? Already getting that malt ice cream. Yes, made by Marcus. Made by Marcus on 16th Avenue. Uh, and a couple of other places. I but the one on 16th is really the, the, the spot, if you will. Can't watch live, but if you see me, happy birthday. I love you forever. You know, we got a super chat. All right. Thank you for the super chat. Clarus. Am I picking the the? You're singing. Oh, you're gonna not come in with the harmony. I was gonna harmonize. <clears throat> All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but you have to pick a good key. Uh, no. I will judge, <laughs> I, guys. I am gonna be judging my wife and the future of our relationship based on what key she chooses. Problem is, I don't know what's a good key for you. So. <clears throat> All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Trippy. Happy birthday to you. Boom. Birthday super chat. Done. That's not a bad key. Was it a little low for you? No, that's good. All right. I like right. it low. <laughs> I like it low. low, 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 God, wow, that's a throwback. Um, wow. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember being in middle school and like, grinding to apple bottom jeans at like 12 and being like we're so hot and cool <laughs> yeah and i looked like i did oh my and god I was not, not hot or cool. <laughs> oh man oh, me and tamara <laughs> good times oh my god tamara, if you're out there i hope you're doing well <laughs> i'm sorry everyone was so mean to you for going to that dance with me um <laughs> i'm so sorry that everyone was mean to tamara for going to the dance with you bro yeah. Oh man. <laughs> well, I think we've spent uh, the like a lot of time. This has been the worst. This has been the most like hangout stream and not podcast we've ever done for the book club. What, what do you guys think? Do you like it? 
I think yeah. it's I think it's fun. I think it's fun. With the fur, the whole club was looking at Rand. This is uh, the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. It's a book, and it starts on chapter twenty-four. I mean, it doesn't actually start on chapter twenty-four. Just this week. Um, this week. Yeah, but this yeah, week yeah. it starts on chapter twenty-four. A new commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, the new commitment being Gawain is committing himself to Egwene, which isn't a new commitment. Uh, yeah, he definitely feels like he was committed to her. He just had no idea where the fuck anybody was because yeah, he yeah. wasn't bothering to get any information about the world around him. So, you know, kudos to Gowan for taking his head out of his ass. Oh, before <laughs> we talk about it, how did you feel about the full week? The full week? Yeah, the full week of reading. How 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 did you like this section? I, I loved it. Yeah? There was so much in this to love. There, like, the uh, this is the first time in a while that I've gotten, like, choked up a little mm-hmm. bit reading. Um, and I don't generally, like, re- re- reading especially, I, I tend to not, because it just kind of, I, I go so fast. Mm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, like, I got a little choked up this week. Um, th- so I, I'm, I'm like, fully on board. Mm-hmm. I love the Witcher side questing that's happening. Yes. Um, like, I, I, I know that sounds like a joke, but, like, I actually think it's, like, kind of cool. Well, and it finally gives Matt something to do on the road, which was yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, Other yeah. than just be on the road. Yeah. Like, it's not, it doesn't, like, fully connect to, like, his plot moving forward, but it does mm-hmm. allow for him to feel like he's actually in a book. Yep. And not just, like, on the side of the road forever. <laughs> yeah. He's like the fucking Muppets, like, moving right along. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, All right, all right. Hurry the fuck up, please. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think this 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 week definitely had some weaknesses in how many point of views there were. And in the Fair. fact that, like... Every time I was getting invested, it changed, which was my problem with, like, George R. R. Martin stuff, and I was feeling that a teeny little bit. But also, like, I understand, I've heard the reasons why it is laid out the way that it is, but the timeline nonsense this week was bad. It was very strange. Like, it it was straight up baff. If, if, If chat hadn't prepared me for the fact that the timelines are in a little bit of disarray in this novel... This whole week, I would have been like, what the, what was Brandon Sanderson on? Be- because it's not Robert Jordan, I wouldn't have viewed it as intentional. Yeah. I would have been reading this, if I didn't have anyone to talk to about it, I would have been reading this going, oh, Brandon Sanderson has lost the fucking plot. Like, this guy doesn't know where characters are. And I understand, I get that, like, because the, the reasoning that I've been told is that this book and Towers of Midnight were going to be one book. Yeah. And so ra- when they split it into two, rather than have all of the climaxes at the end of the one book, uh, at the end of Towers of Midnight, yeah. some of the climaxes were moved to the end of Gathering Storm to break it up and have this feel more like a book so that we don't run into Which I get, the yeah. slog 2.0, right? This yeah. is what happened in the slog. Yeah. The problem is that it is never established when anything is happening. Mm-hmm. And so it is just so random. Mm-hmm. And like characters are with other characters and then we cut to their POV and the, that Galad is not with Perrin. <laughs> and you're like, what is happening here? Yeah. Right? And I, I... Yeah, yeah, that was a bit weird. I was like, okay, what the fuck? I'm glad that I was prepped for it so that it didn't throw me off too much. Yeah. But I also think that it is a weakness of the book that... I know if I hadn't been prepped for it, I would have found this frustrating. That's fair. You know I, what I, mean? I think that's totally fair. I I didn't really find it frustrating. Like to be honest, mm-hmm. I didn't notice it. It didn't grate on me in any way. Um, I found it a bit confusing, but uh, like it it didn't have any kind of negative impact on my experience of the reading. So that's fair. Yeah. 
Rand is just clearly so far f- ahead of everyone else. And that is weird because he's the main plot. Yeah. No, and, and I, I totally feel you. Like, I, so I, I get it. That It makes me nervous because I'm like, how long are we in these side quests for <laughs> if they're not with the main plot of the books? It makes, yeah. like, what is going on with Matt and, and the, like, getting down the road kind of stuff mm-hmm. more concerning to me because I'm like, oh, my God, wait, months in the future, he is still not with Rand. Yeah. <laughs> that That's it. Is it months? It has to be at least There's no weeks. way. No, I think, like, in three months, the fucking last battle is happening, so it can't be months. The fuck is that? I have no idea. Is that, like, an industrial-strength lawnmower? Oh, my God, the lighting in the camera just went so wild. I have no idea. Whatever. No idea. Um. Yeah, no, It's 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 got... I don't know. It's got to be some period of time. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely a, a, a period of time that is <laughs> ambiguous. So Gawain rides up to Gareth Bryan's tent and he can't get in because the guy there's like, no, we're not just letting you go talk to fucking Gareth Bryan, yeah. dude. So he beats him up. <laughs> and so he beats the shit out of four people. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah, this was faster. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. I like, a, I like Gawain a little bit less. A little bit less. I just was kind of like, dude, I have a couple of problems with it. Uh-huh. One, this camp should be way more on edge about men coming into their camp. Why? They because Halima can matter. fucking... No, 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 no. This is not a camp of people that has not... That, that is just sitting there waiting for shit to happen. This I'm is a sorry, camp that think... recently was infiltrated. I'm sorry, you think that the Aes Sedai told Gareth Bryan that they were infiltrated? Yes. I do. I do not. There's no fucking way. The Aes Sedai don't tell what? him shit. Hey, if Halima shows up, you need to arrest her. A woman? Like, a, the most beautiful woman you've ever seen? Like, you, I'm sorry, you think that I, the Aes Sedai... I don't think they told Gareth Bryan anything. Maybe Swan did, but, like, I don't think that the That's general still Aes, the Aes Sedai. Sure, I guess. But I just mean, like, why would they stop recruits from coming in when Halima is a woman. I'm not saying stop him from coming in. I'm saying don't let him get to the perimeter of the fucking command tent. But he's like one guy. Yeah. And people in this world can fucking channel. This isn't fucking... He's not fucking like some random dude. This is a world where they have been infiltrated recently. As recently as like a week ago. And we know that the Aes Sedai in the White Tower can fucking teleport now these people should be on edge they should be looking out for problems in every direction and not letting you get to the officer at the edge of the tent and everyone is so chill he, he knocks out Gareth Bryan. he like went and found like the person in charge who would like be there to like accept new recruits no he got to the outside of gareth Bryan's tent he walked up to the no, outside of yes yes he did what? No! He went to the command pavilion. I mean, he, he, he found, like, what he assumed was the command pavilion of that thing. But remember, it explains that Gareth Bryan divvies up work to his officers as opposed to lording over everything. So that he probably got to whoever, like, the, the main tent that was in that section of the army. That Gareth Bryan just happened to be inside of. Well, no, it took him a few minutes to get there. No, he's inside that tent. He goes to the command pavilion and Gareth Bryan comes out of the command pavilion 
almost immediately. <laughs> That's just the sequence of events. I, I like, No, go and tell your general that this guy felled a bunch of people. Yeah, in the building that's directly in front of him. <laughs> it's not that, it, like, it's not that close, though. He's, he, it says eventually a small group of men strode out. So of like, the tent in front of him. But not directly in front of I don't know. I, I. My point is that these people should be on edge. They are not. <laughs> and four people could have died because of it. If, 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 if Gawain could channel, uh-huh. you're dead. So how do they accept new recruits then? You don't let them get to the command pavilion. I'm not saying you don't let people near the camp. I'm saying that he walks through the camp for like 40 minutes and no one asks him a question. People try and sell him shit, but no one is like, hey, there are Ashaman and there's also multiple Forsaken who are men who are very dangerous and can channel. This guy looks kind of rich. Maybe someone should like, I don't know, talk to him. The, the Salad Barbarians deserve to get wiped out if this is their level of security. I, I, I don't think it's that weird. If it was Demandred, it's fucking over. But why would Demandred go, like, hurt Gareth Bryan? Gareth Bryan is, like, fucking, like, D tier on the, the list Forsaken of priorities. Why do do fucking anything in this world? That's a good question. I can't tell you that. They are, they are, like... <laughs> it just, <laughs> it, it just, all of it was just... Like, the explanation is fine. I get that Gareth Bryan, or I, I get that Gawain wanted it to be faster. And he's like, yeah. I can't go through the bureaucracy. But I'm like, dude, they should have put 12 arrows in him. When he, as soon Just as- Just shoot a man walking into camp? He knocks out four officers. He yeah. didn't just walk into camp. He pulls his sword at the perimeter of the fucking command tent and attacks four people and wins. He yeah, crushes he like, a man's helmet hurt. against his soul skull. He doesn't, like, seriously injure any of them. What the fuck are you talking about? If you walk into an army base uh -huh. and you beat the shit out of four people, the people around you are going to shoot you. That is just, that's how Why life works. Why would anyone just have their bows on them? They literally have their bows on them in the book. They just don't shoot him. They let him do it. They... I mean, like, the guy's not, like, killing them. Why? He's like, I want to talk to somebody. He... I've seen this, this in movies is insane. all the time. I feel like I'm losing my mind. You cannot walk into a military base and knock out four people and people just be like, well, we're okay. I buy it. I wouldn't fucking touch him. I don't know. I I, I did not like this moment. I, I, I thought it was very silly and it made Gareth Bryan look like a bad commander. Or maybe the officer he put in charge. Oh, sure. Maybe it's the officer he put in charge, but it is still, it's terrible security. It only works out because Gawain is like, I know you're, I, he's my, basically my dad. Yeah. It, this was just so plot convenient and like, I, it, it was like, look at how cool Gawain is for beating up these four people for doing their job. But it doesn't make him look cool. Gareth Bryan is but like, you're book, a fucking idiot. Oh, no, no, but and the, Gawain's like, oh yeah, you know what, you're, you might be right. But the book thinks that it does. What? The, the book writes it as if he's like doing this really cool thing, right? In the moment, because it's from Gawain's perspective. 100%, yeah. And then G Gareth is like, you're a fucking idiot. And he's like, ah, But he shit. still gets away with it. Like, he, he's, it still works. Sure. The book allows for it to work. Yeah. Right? And I, I just think that by allowing for it to work, it comes across as silly to me. This was a silly moment to me. All right. 
I didn't feel like that. Uh, James said, thank you for the super chat. Thank you so um, much for the super chat. Made it live today. Katsuane is the best, just you wait, nerdy. <laughs> Excited to watch it live, man. I love you guys. Thank you. You always make me giggle. Thank you. Cheers to that. And like, look, it, it's 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 well written. It's just like, I, I was just kind of reading it like, dude, like, what the fuck are you thinking? You are the enemy general. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like it made Gawain look cool. It didn't feel silly to me. It felt like it, it felt like the Gawain was it felt like the book was like framing Gawain as like still a child who hasn't matured the same way that like Elaine has, for instance. I I would agree with you if the other soldiers in the pavilion didn't treat him like he was a child. Like the like none of the human beings in this scene react like adult human beings. I don't agree with that. I think there are some things that about it that are silly, but like they're just gonna like murder this dude for like people brawl in soldier camps all the time. Like people fight. That's like an an enemy so combatant does not ride into a soldier's camp and brawl with the soldiers there all the time. That does not happen all the time. I just mean like the, a fight breaks out and someone's first instinct isn't going to be to shoot him with a bow. Yes, it is. If someone rides into your camp and starts attacking your officers at the edge of the command tent, that with is going non-lethal to... non-lethal force, though? Nobody, I don't know. Nobody knows what non-lethal... You don't know it's non-lethal until it's over. You Until you can check the bodies, you don't know that that's non-lethal. That man is... His, his skull is cracked on the ground. He's unconscious, and he needs magic to heal him. Well, it'll help, (laughs) yeah. You can be like, oh, in hindsight, you can call it non-lethal. In the moment, you can't be like, oh, no, he's using non-lethal force. Let's let him hear our general. But, like, they don't know who he is. Like, he, like, could be part of the army. (laughs) Which is why. (laughs) No, but he could be part of the army. You think they know every thousands of... uh, He literally rode up and told them who he was. Yeah, but he was riding for, like, an hour. I'm saying the people around who didn't hear the conversation aren't going to shoot some guy. They don't know if he's one of their own. They don't know if it's, like, a, just a tiff. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that, I like, don't find it that unbelievable. I would find it l- more believable mm-hmm. if they weren't currently in a state of tense danger. But these are people who are waiting to be attacked. Like, like I mean, like, they they're should, in the middle of their own camp. They're not, like, they out on a be, raid. No, the Aes Sedai of the White Tower just got traveling. Gareth Brine finds out that the Aes Sedai of the White Tower just got traveling yeah. and that they could be attacked at any time, which was absolutely so fucking dire to Swan. And, and so some dude walks in and knocks out four of your captains at the edge of your general's tent. Yes, they, these people should be so tense and they are so fucking casual about it. And that's I, what I, is unbelievable to me. Is that I at, think that they work for Gareth Brine. Like, I don't think Gareth Brine is going to be like, everyone shaking your boots because the Aes Sedai have traveling. Like, I feel like that would be like... The wrong thing to do. Then you're then all of your men are dead. No. If you think that the enemy can attack you at any time from any direction, so don't tell them to be. No, you tell them that there's edge. like possible threats, but like letting them know that they have traveling. They should be at high alert all the time right now. They, this camp should be locked fucking down. It has been infiltrated multiple times. The enemy can surround them at any time. It is preposterous that they would be this casual given the situation that they're in. No, I didn't feel that way. The guy's like, ah, go talk to this motherfucker. And he's like, no, I'm here to talk to Brian. He's like, no, you got to go. If you're going to recruit in the army, he's like, I'm not here to recruit in the army. First of all, the officer's an idiot. But like. I, well, yeah. And yeah. Gareth is like, anyone, anytime someone like says that. You People are like, you like, have to move on from this. I feel like I can't because I don't understand your point of view on this. 
I don't know what else to tell you. I yeah. Let's just move on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this was dumb. Um Yeah, I just I I don't think it was as silly as like you feel that it is, but like I I it, I do understand that it was definitely a little bit convenient. Okay. But I do also like how Ga- Gareth treats Gowan afterwards. Yeah, and no, their conversations that, are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their relationship is fantastic. Yeah. It is just the getting them together that I thought was, like, goofy. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's funny. There's, like, a lot of people comment on her videos that are like, Clarice just sits there and agrees with everything Nerdy says. And I'm like, you clearly have not ever watched Book Club. We argue a lot. Healthily. I'm not mad at you. No, no, no. Yeah. I just I just find it funny, like, because I'm like, all right, well, yeah, we just, we we interpreted this, like, piece of a book differently. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. People are weird. YouTube commenters. <laughs> wow. God, YouTube. The sin eaters not says you guys, your wife is absolutely correct. She's not. Well, no, there, there, are, there are people who, uh, like, have agreed with both of our points. And I think that that's why it's an interesting conversation, because there's no, like, correct answer. Right, like, like yeah. correct factually would be like Han shot first or whatever, uh, but uh, that's an aside. <clears throat> he also like uses his like horse as a shield for arrows just in case, which is like wow, that's that's no, pretty th- brutal. That makes but, sense uh, to me. No, that makes sense. But yeah. I was like, oh my god, rude, and rude. I, I guess I just think that like I I want the salad barbarians to seem competent. And this, as a not really, <laughs> no, no, I want, no, no, but no, no, what I'm saying is I want I them want to, them to be. Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Ramon and Elaine are fucking morons. Egwene is a fucking idiot. Sawan is maybe competent. I don't know. Elaine actually, like her plan, has some smarts behind it. I, I hate her. Her her plan has some smarts behind it, but her her plan to like have power while Egwene's gone has smarts in it. Yeah, she's an idiot. Like yeah. the this salad barbarians are all morons, and. It's it, it's because they can't figure fucking anything out for themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to be told literally every single beat of anything to understand anything that is going on. Yeah, like like, and the, we we keep having keep having these characters pop up to explain to them the basic facts of what is going on in their lives, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be these brilliant hundred year old Aes Sedai women who are capable of all of these things. Yeah. And they can't even lock down their camp when they are literally in the most danger they've ever been in in the in the entire time since they left the White Tower. This is the highest tense moment they've ever had. Yeah. And they th- their camp is a open sieve. Oh yeah, you know no, what I, mean? I, I there, there's definitely some uh, some weaknesses <clears throat> there for sure. A thousand percent for yeah. sure. <laughs> and so this was just another moment where I was like, oh, like. I'm amazed Alayda hasn't won. These fucking, like, well, these people are idiots. Well, also a fucking idiot. So it's like, when I end, it's like, well, you know. Like, well, like Alayda is dumb in a lot of ways and so fucking arrogant that it makes her stupider. And I, oh, man, I cannot wait till she just gets, like, punched in the face. Oh, 100%. There's not many characters like that, but I'm like, I'm ready for it. Arizu, thank you for five Arizu, gifted thank you for five gifted memberships. memberships. Let's fucking go. Uh, throw some nargs in the chat. There's some nogs in this chat. Um, Gareth and uh, uh, Gawain have a, have a pretty great conversation. Uh, they argue for a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gawain eventually concedes that he's being an idiot. Um, but Gareth doesn't concede that maybe he needs better security. Um, I mean. Because pe- people can, people have magic. 
Yeah, it's really hard to guard against magic when like the ice and I don't work with you. Like I, I really, I really feel like the biggest flaw is that. <clears throat> Gareth isn't able to work with the Aes Sedai to create like magical perimeters of some sort. Like I just, I think, I think mm -hmm. the Aes Sedai, fuck them. It's almost uh, like the Aes Sedai can resonate side in and find out if um, there are people in their camp that can use it. Yeah. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Ever, honestly, honestly, I've thought the Saladar people have been idiots since Loghain got away. There's there's a lot of dumb stuff, but it, it also like part of it is is um, helped by like Halima being there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Halima is there to fuck shit up, and she does. She's successful, and it, it's definitely to the their detriment. Oh, um, for sure. But like the fact that the, like they never figured like the, the the way they figured out Halima was way too late. They had no fucking clue. The, the, they had the to have someone come in and tell them to put the the fact together. that Shariam yeah has pulled this off. Is actual insanity. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's, let's well, hold it. Let's hold it. Okay. Hold okay. It, okay. 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 We need um, to focus. We are not focused today. Can we? Can we play some? Zip? No, I'm Zip. having fun. Zap. Bobbity bop bop bop. What the fuck you is bobbity bop bop? You've bop. never played. That's the best one. So you there's a circle and there's a bunch of people around. No, no. no we, need bop, 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 we need to focus. We need to focus. We need to focus on wheel of time. What is happening? Okay. Stop it. Focus. Oh my god. We need to get out of this chapter. Basically, Gawain doesn't say he's in love with Egwene, but like you know, Gareth, he's a smart dude. He kind of, I think he gets it. And then he's like, hey, so like, why aren't you helping Elaine and Camelin? You think he gets it? He fucking knows. Yeah. He knew before Gawain showed up. Yeah. He looked at Gawain and went, that boy wants to fuck Egwene. I mean, fair. Uh, apparently, Egwene's really fucking hot, so who doesn't? But um, they talk about Elaine, and yeah, Gareth is like, yeah, you're your sister. Why the fuck aren't you there? And he's like, wait, my sister? Huh. I didn't realize, like, I thought she may, maybe was dead or by, with you guys or I don't fucking know. And I'm like, oh, man, you have no information. And I feel so bad for you because you are like, you are like operating with like 30% capacity here because you have no fucking information about the world around you. Yeah, as much as I give the salad barbarians <laughs> shit for being the dumbest, Gawain's also an idiot. Like send a fucking man dressed as a peddler to go get some information out of the fucking camp. It's not yeah. that hard. Like, Gawain should have more. Gawain's raids being as successful they are, given how terrible he is at collecting information, is kind of impressive. Yeah. Although, I have to say, I said this earlier, and I, I think, honestly, that parts of this still ring true for me, which is, like, you know, uh, maybe not the greatest reflection, <laughs> but, like, I relate to Gawain in so many ways. Especially, in what ways? Well, they, are you, like, the worst of your siblings? I don't know. You tell me. Um, You're not. <laughs> I, I I relate to Gawain, and this is a little bit later. Sorry to jump a bit ahead a little bit, but the 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 inability to like make decisions and like a, a, and and decide what's important. Like Gawain has just been waffling this whole time and waiting for somebody to like give him information or tell him what to do without taking the initiative to find things out for himself and move forward from there. Okay, but the, Gawain is having a hard time choosing between the White Tower and, like, the woman he loves and his duty to his sister, and you have a hard time choosing between what restaurant we're going to eat at. Like, those aren't the same... I, like, I understand that they're both indecisiveness, 
But like your I your just, indecisiveness over like what shirt you're going to wear that day is not quite the same as what Galwin is going through. No, but I mean, okay, take it on a bigger scale. We were like, we're we're like, do we move to LA or do we move to Atlanta? Like, do we make big life decisions that will affect the like our lives for the rest of them? Like, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like there's like big things and 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 I I I get uncomfortable with big decisions like that. Because I feel like, like, oh, I might be wrong, or I may not have all the information, or maybe I don't understand the situation as much. And I just, I just can understand Gawain's, like, his point of view in, in these moments. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I love the conversation that Gareth Bryan has with him. Yeah. And even Gareth is like, yeah, no, I made a dumb decision, but, like, I'm here. Yeah. And then Gareth is like, hey, fuckface, don't be mad at Rand. Um, <laughs> he didn't kill your mom. Your mom sucked. Like, at the end there, your mom was the worst. Like, the worst ever. Uh, she was terrible. Yeah. And this isn't just because I, I was a spurned lover. I promise. I, I'm more mature than that. Your mom fucking sucked. And Godwin is like, hey, don't you fucking talk about my mom like that, you little... I, I thought they were about to fight. Like, to I thought fair, Gareth like, Bryan was about to be dead. To be fair, that is really hard to hear about your dead mother. Like, I, yeah. you know. Mm, oh, like, a thousand percent. Um, I, I feel I feel bad for him in this situation, but Gareth tries to be as honest as possible mm-hmm. and not like soften the blow. Be like, look, I don't think that Rand killed her, but if he did, he did the kingdom a favor, and like that's fucking hard to hear. Um, but I love that. Yeah, I love that Gowan is like, I'm not going to believe anyone except some random dude on the road who said that Rand killed Morgase. He's definitely the credible one. I'm just uh, this. This kind of made me surprised. It made me realize like Egwene and Gareth Bryan never talked about it. Yeah, but. Egwene knows what happened. She she was there. Like, Egwene knows that Morghese was already gone when Rand got to Camelon. Yeah. 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 And so I just, I, I re, like, realizing that Ga- that Gareth and Egwene never talked about that is very strange to me. Because I just, they, they had come kind of close. And it just, it's one of those conversations that I feel like they would have had. Yeah. Um, Iris, welcome back to the nerd table. He's waiting for decisions to get easy when they're not. Life has... To be easy, uh, life has been too easy for him before. And I think that that's totally true. Gawain was born with a very specific destiny mm-hmm. and has never had to question like those kinds of things in his life. He's like, I was born for one purpose and I am going to devote my life to that purpose. And he doesn't, you know. I mean, he, he obviously he thinks that Elaine might be at the camp still. What? You like your new colors. I just was trying to fix that one piece of hair. Um mm-hmm. But, um, shut up. Like, he, he thinks that Elaine might might be with this camp. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can understand, I, I understand his reasoning for going there. Um, he just could have found that out by by having yeah. a little bit of spy work. Yeah. Every, and the only reason I bring it up is because every other general in the world is doing it. And Gawain is the only one who's just relying on what he thinks he knows. Yeah. And it's it's disappointing, right? Because like Gareth has better spies than him. Rodel Itaralde has has pretty good spies. Davron Bashir, pretty good spies. All of these other generals that are being pointed to throughout these books, Perrin is spying really well, right? Yeah, yeah. That all of these other people are using their men to scout and to spy and and to get and gather information, talking to peddlers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Gawain is the only one 
who's like being the book is trying to tell me that he's doing great with the younglings and i'm like but like how how is he pulling this off when he is so bad at gathering information <laughs> which is the most important thing in war the only thing that his advantage is that he knows gareth brian and that's what brian that's says true, yeah, yeah. he's like oh this makes sense now i thought we had a leak but you just understand mm. my tactics because i literally trained you but um and brian says they've all had years to set up spies you don't need years to set up a spy you put someone in peddler's clothes, they walk into the camp with fucking mutton, they sell a couple of things, ask a couple of questions, and walk out. It's uh, like, Gawain's, it's really not hard Gawain's, to spy on a camp like this. Gawain's men are also loyal to the White Tower and not to Gawain. And he knows yeah, that. So they would still spy for him. Uh, I, I just mean in terms of, like, getting information, like, the people, like... That information might go to the Aes Sedai first and, like, he's not allowed to know because Aleda wants him in the dark. I don't think the chain of command for the younglings is structured that way. I don't think the Aes Sedai there are paying enough attention to the younglings to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, there was an Aes Sedai in the road. <laughs> Kvath Pendrag says, I used to work at the fifth most important building in the U.S. as an army satcomer. We had top secret info stolen by pen testers. They just walked into our building. It totally happens. Pen testers. I'm just saying. <laughs> Gareth, Gareth left a couple of lessons off of his fucking <laughs> youth is all I'm saying, okay? Yeah. He, and even Gareth Bryan in his comments, he's like, God, I, I thought I taught you better than this. <laughs> He's like, you. God, you're a fucking idiot. Well, you know, uh, Gawain's definitely fallen off the wagon. Um, on his way in, though, we should mention Ga Gawain saw an Aes Sedai, and then uh, we go and we find him the Aes Sedai. The Aes Sedai? It was Shemarin. It's Sean. Sean number seven. Uh, Sean with an M. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. Can't wait to know what happens with that. That's a, like, crazy reveal. Shemarin ran away from the White Tower and went, like, 30 feet. Yeah, she was like, I couldn't leave this place. It's my home. is the only thing familiar to me. So I decided to join the war camp. I just don't know what the fuck she thought was going to happen. Like, she was going to get found out of... Like, she's too recognizable. Well, and that's what the girl said. <clears throat> she was like, I told you this wasn't going to fucking work. But it you worked idiot. for, like, months. Yeah. Well, uh, probably a few N weeks. No one noticed she was Aes Sedai forever. Timelines are very weird. It mm -hmm. might have been a week mm -mm. or two. It has to be months. Oh. Because there was at least a one-month time jump in Egwene's storyline. Mm. But when did she leave? I don't know. Shemarin left before Egwene got captured. Okay. Okay. Or or right after she got captured. So it's okay. been at least a month that she's been there and no one's been like, you're, you're fucking Aes Sedai. We can all see your Aes Sedai. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Why yeah. is this Aes Sedai woman doing this shit? Look, and here's the thing. It's established she's not the brightest because Elena's like, you're an accepted. And she's like, Yes. <laughs> I just imagine the hunchback scene. Yeah. You are deformed. I am deformed. Like, Shemarin is like, whatever you say. I'm like, we're 38 oh minutes in and we're getting into our second chapter. This is book club. This is, guys, this is guys, the experience you're here for, right? It's just yeah. us being chaotic together. Yeah. This is what you signed up for, right? Hi, Chad. How you doing? What's up? Y'all looking sexy today. <clears throat> yeah. Except mm. for those of you who don't look sexy. Mm, you cute. Because you don't want to. You still look great. <laughs> but I, I don't want you to feel like I'm objectifying you. Right, of course. You just, you you are 10 out of 10. But if you would like to take sexy as a compliment, take it. And if you would like to say you look great as a compliment, take that instead. Whichever one. Yeah. Take your pick. Or if you have a, you know, kink for degradation, you look like shit. <laughs> 
just terrible. Absolutely wow. miserable. Wow, that's you know what? Hey, we gotta include everybody here. I yeah. think that's fair. How dare you look like this today? <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? God. Looking like shit at book club. Uh, all right, all right, all right. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> now this is book clubbing. <laughs> Uh, cheers. Look, you know all I'm what? saying is some people are uncomfortable. You call them sexy. So I didn't want the, I, you know, those people, I have a separate compliment for you. That's fair. You know what? I, I, I think that that's very inclusive. Shariam <laughs> is like, oh, thank God fucking Halima's gone so that my punishment stop. Ow. Oh, fuck. They're back. Oh, no. Another one. Another one. When did I? J. Khaled. I'm sorry. What the fuck another is one. wrong with you? You said another one, and I we went... We do not invoke the words of men who do not go down on women in this house. He doesn't eat women out? Have you never seen that clip? No. DJ Khaled's like, oh no, my wife has to suck my dick, but I don't eat pussy. I thought that was Ben Shapiro. No, 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 it's, it's DJ Khaled. He's, he, he said it like full chest on a podcast. Fuck that guy. And I was like, oh, are you... Fuck that. That is you, such a you, tell. Like, yeah. he's, he's just telling on himself. Uh, Dirt Bird, welcome back for six months to the nar, nar, Nerd Table. That's the one. The Narg Table. The Narg Table. Uh, how, how you, you doing? doing? <laughs> we should have an urn of ashes on our set, and it's Narg's ashes. Why the fuck would we do that? That's <laughs> so funny. Because people would be like, whose ashes are these? And we'd be like, oh, Narg. it's Narg's. It's Narg. It's a picture. Extra we have chat for Narg. There's nothing pets. actually in it. It would just be an urn like on our mental piece. And it just is no, Narg. it has glitter in it. People would assume it's our pet. No, yeah. we're not keeping an urn of glitter in our house. Why? Because the it's a because that is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. We have too many rugs that I like to keep an urn of glitter on a mantle in our house. We have a vacuum, it's fine. Um anyways. So Shariam is Shariam attacked is by um by a forsaken? Masima? Question mark. Probably Masima. No, Masana. Masana. That's the other one. <laughs> Definitely said that with me. <laughs> Masima just shows up. The dark one brought him back to life, boys. I, I wouldn't put it past him, to be honest. Um, that's no. I I I fucked up. That's that one's on me. Masana. I Masana. hate these books. Mm -hmm. I love them so much, but I hate these books. Yeah, the names are going to be the death of me. Oh my god! Wait, there's an Attack on Titan musical. <laughs> what is happening? Did today? not know that. Uh, didn't didn't know that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Y'all, this has been the wildest book club. Masima would be a twist. <laughs> Um, Masima would be a wild twist. And yeah. if he had the true power now. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. No, I I don't know. Maybe it's Masana. It has to be Masana. It's not Grendel. Well, it might be. It's not Samurai because she's fucking dead. No, but it, it might be like Mogadian working for Moradin or Lanfear. Why would Mogadian be in the White Tower, though? Uh, because Moradin wants a hand in every pie or whatever. Yeah, but, but Masana will work for him. Yeah. He's already broken her, right? Using Shadaharan. So I, I don't know. Um I, I I have a feeling it's just Masana. I think that sometimes we think these books are going to be more complicated than they actually are. And the obvious answer is just the it's answer. Actually a lady. Like I, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Wait, yeah. Masima for the nipples. Masima for the nipples. Um <laughs> That's a shirt. God damn it. Masima for the nipples. People are like, no what the fuck? No one's going to understand that. <clears throat> uh, so um, Masana or whoever is like, yo, 
Uh, you need to get me the 19 rings that take you to Teleran Riyadh and the plaques and of the power. And, uh, and I have one ring to rule them all. For every one that you don't get me, you lose a finger or a toe. You have three days. Bye. And she walks out. <clears throat> yeah, that, that was that was pretty rude. I mean, fuck her. She's a dark friend. You know, she's, she's a piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, but you called it. You, I, I swear you called this in like book like three or four or something. I think it was book two. Was it book two? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody, some, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like I feel like you you called it. Yeah, because I was like, of course, the person who wants to spank little girls is a dark friend. It's a weird fucking thing to do with your life. <laughs> little girls, little girls, yeah. everywhere I turn. Dark friend. I can see them. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally what's Ms. her Hannigan. name? Miss Hannigan. Miss Hannigan. Hannigan, dark friend. Mm-hmm. I, I'm drawing the dragon fang on her door. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I wouldn't, because then the, the little girls inside would probably be punished as well. <laughs> Did I? Welcome back to the. I nerd don't want Annie, table. little Annie, to Annie. What Annie? There's no Annie in these books. In Mrs. In Mrs. Hannigan. Oh, in, in yeah, Annie. Yeah, I don't Annie want Annie. Is... I don't want Annie to be punished because That's I fair, call Miss Hannigan a dark friend. Fair. You know what? Fair. Annie doesn't deserve it. <laughs> this is a weird fucking show. <laughs> Not great. People are here for this. <laughs> Remember at the beginning of Book Club when I was like, I don't care about Book Club today. I just want to play Tears of the Kingdom, and now I'm <laughs> fully invested in Book Club because this is the funniest we've ever been. I don't know if it's good. Peak comedy <laughs> right here, y'all. But, Tell your friends. But Masima walks in was the funniest thing you've ever said. And, and that was an accident. Like, I feel like an idiot. But uh, I blame these books. I blame Robert Jordan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's got to get him. Uh, I really I really loved this. Just because I loved the idea that Shariam was like... Oh, you called it when the gray men attacked the girls in the tower and, the, and she covered it up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It all fades away. Um, so the the thing I love about this scene is the idea that Shireen became a dark friend. Yeah. Joined the Black Aja because she was like, ah, the last battle's not going to happen in my lifetime. So yeah. I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Which is hilarious because she probably made that choice around the same time that Swan and Moraine found out that the black the last battle was definitely going, going to happen to in, in their, their lifetime. lifetime. Yeah, I and know. And so I, I kind of wish this was in New Spring because the irony of pairing Moraine and Swan finding out that the last battle was imminent and Shriam being like, last battle couldn't possibly happen in my lifetime. I'll go evil. Not today, is Satan. the funniest irony I think this book has managed, this series has managed to pull off. Yeah, no, that was great. That was fucking peak Especially right because Shriam is like their like third friend in a way in that book a little bit she's like in their group yeah yeah, yeah and so yeah. it just it's it is just it's hilarious to me that she could have been like sitting there like the fucking amerlin is hearing the prophecy upstairs and she's like yeah you know i think i'm gonna join the dark one there's no way the last battle's coming anytime soon couldn't possibly happen torlando 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 Here's to the one of the best book clubs, Orlando. Cheers, cheers to uh, that. Enjoying every minute of it. Well done. Thank you for that super chat. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Let's fucking go. <clears throat> yeah, so anyways, Shariam, dark friend. We hate her. Fuck her. Uh, and then we move over but to... But she's like the kindest dark friend, which is funny. Is she? Yeah, because she doesn't want to be evil. Like, I love the idea oh. that she like took the oaths she and is like, the I, I, I want to be like powerful in the White Tower. I don't actually want to be a dark friend. <laughs> and I, I find that hilarious. All the Aes Sedai do scheming stuff to get ahead. That's totally normal. It is. Yeah, they're terrible. I know. They're, they're the fucking awful. Fucking worse. We're going to get to a Bayer quote later on in this reading this week that I love so much because of that. <laughs> Matthew, thank you so <clears throat> much for that super chat. Off the rails is how we roll. Yeah, hell yeah. We don't have a path that we follow. We just 
thunder our way mm. through the brush and break everything in our way. Matthew, appreciate it. Uh, we cut over to uh, Egwene. Egwene's in her cell. Yeah. Uh, one of the Shans. This one is a sitter in the White Tower. This one is actually Sean. He's chilling with her, and Egwene is like, yo, you gotta work harder. And Sean's like, I will, Amarlin Seed. And I was like, oh my god, like, Egwene, Egwene's got these girls by the tits. Yeah, like, she's- She's got them in a nipple clamp. <laughs> god damn it. She's like, even this is not enough to depose Aleda. I'm like, what? Yeah. She fucking beat up the- uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a little fucking crazy. I hope like, we get this trial. Me I want this too. trial so bad. Me too. It's definitely one of the more like political things that I want on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. And I love that Alita's like, oh no, I named you Dark Friend, and so then I could beat you because And everyone's like, No, we were, like, we, no, were we, there. we were we, we were, were in there. The room. And you you can't it's really hard to prove that an I said I is a dark friend. Mm-hmm. And so like that's probably not gonna stand. And so I hope that it doesn't. Like I hope I hope Sean. Here's the thing. I think that Aleda's trial and the Sanchen conquest are going to happen at the same time, mm-hmm. and that Egwene is going to like survive it because she's in the dungeon. Oh, interesting. Right, like she's like locked up. She can't do anything. I think that the Sanchen. This is my prediction. Mm-hmm. I think the Sanchen attack is going to be where Egwene breaks the three oaths. Mm. I think Egwene is going to be. Well, I think she's going to see an Adam. And she's going to be like, there's no fucking way I'm getting collared again. And she's going to beat the shit out of the Sanchen. That actually fits within the three O's because they're allowed to use violence when the White Tower itself is threatened. Fuck. So. I just want want Egwene to realize the three O's are fucking stupid, okay? That's all I want. I I get that. Um, So uh, we cut to the next chapter. Chapter 26, A Crack Mm -hmm. in the Stone. I was like, oh, we're going to tear. No, it's it's not that. (laughs) Not that stone. Um, Avienda. Is uh, dripping water from one bucket to the next with water? No. Is what? What did she, I just say? She's dripping water from one bucket to the next with water. With her finger. Yes. Uh, and Min comes over and is like, "Hey, you lazy shit." <laughs> do you not have anything better to do? And Avienda's like, "Wow." That line hit like a fucking truck. Wow. I was like, "Min, you don't know what you just did." To be fair, Min doesn't <clears throat> know shit about the Aiel. <laughs> I just love that Avienda was never going to figure this out on her own. And it took Min coming over and like, much like she does with Rand, like just beating the information into his skull. Yeah. And Min, Min is, Min is the best. You would literally, no one would survive this without her. Truly. And everybody needs Min. Min is the most important character in this fucking series. I'll fight you on it. Uh, Well, and, and, but, and, and what's funny about it is that. I think that the problem with it is that Avienda didn't really learn her lesson the way I, that we're going to get to the sentence that makes this whole Avienda storyline one of my favorite things in this book. Agreed. In Agreed. this book. But but the, because it doesn't actually come from Avienda or the Aiel, but it comes from Avienda feeling shamed by a wetlander, I feel like it doesn't really get to what Avienda was actually supposed to learn from this the right way. Well, and even Avienda's like, I should I should probably thank Min, even though she has no idea what she did. Yeah. Which, I, and here's the thing, I get. Look, you can learn a lesson many different ways. And if that comes from an external source, I think that it is still just as important of a lesson. Mm-hmm. But it is, yeah, it is funny that they were like, we were starting to think that you were prideful, Avienda. And she's like, oh, fuck. But the problem is she still is. Like she, the 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 funny thing about this is that she stopped doing it because of her because she was being prideful, not because she had learned the lesson of the action. 
and here's the thing. I think that the lesson is a bit is is maybe not um, it, it taught in the best way. Oh, I think it's I think it's inherently dumb. I I, yeah. I, I also think that Look, Avienda. The, Ice and I have dumb stuff. The Aiel also have a bit of dumb stuff. Yeah, uh, Avienda sitting there being like, God, I've seen all of the <laughs> otherwise ones go through this too. Because she finally acknowledges that in this chapter, she finally is like, Oh, this seems to happen to everyone who becomes a wise one, which is what I have been saying since well, okay. this started. Of but like, she doesn't say that. She's like, I've seen other wise ones have punishments similar to this, but I never asked any questions because that's wise one business. And I get that. But at the same time, just because you don't talk about something doesn't mean that you, your brain like shuts it out and that you're, you're not able to see a pattern. Yeah. By the fourth or fifth person you see go through it, you would be like, oh, hey, wait a second. <laughs> There's a pattern. To be fair, I think that there are less wise ones than maybe I, I think there in my head. literally thousands of them. Sure, but like, for example, for example, mm-hmm. they're all together congregated right now. Like, Avienda grew up in Cold Rock's hold, yes. I believe. Like, I wonder how many wise ones are actually part of a single hold. Because it might only be like 50 to... Uh, I, 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 I don't know. And so I do, like, there are, like, what, like, 10 or 15 different Aiel factions. So them coming together make, means those numbers are definitely boosted, 100%. But Avienda growing up as a Maiden of the Spear, I wonder how many wise ones she actually, like, truly observed or came into contact with on a regular basis. Because that I don't know, and I don't think that that's set up particularly well for us that's to have fair. an answer to that. No, and, and that's fair. I, 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 I really like this moment because of this quote, though. Yeah, you wrote down the quote, which was the thing that I, I also wrote down because mm-hmm. I think that this is the moment that makes that 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 ties this together in such a perfect way. Um, you can, if you want to. Uh, but the first quote is that Avienda is talking um, uh, with Ayer and Amis, and she's like, fuck this shit, I'm a wise one now. And they're like, yes, you are. That mm-hmm. was what you had to do. And she was like, that, that's it? Yep. Uh, Bayer goes, I never realized how important our ways were until I studied these Aes Sedai. Those at the bottom simper and beg like hounds and are ignored by those who consider themselves their betters. It is a wonder they achieve anything. Thank you, Brandon Sanderson, for finally pointing out why the Aes Sedai are the worst. Yeah, sorry, but that's not the best. That's this not is the best quote, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is it, right here. Ami snorted. You force us to be very creative. Remember this time you spent and the shame you felt, for it is the shame any Datsang will know should you consign them to their fate, and they cannot escape it simply by demanding release. And in one fucking sentence, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get this it. This was all worth it. Yeah, a it's thousand fantastic. percent. Yeah, yeah. You, you, giving, giving someone power over other people, especially power that, like, complete, mm-hmm. You, they, they have to understand what they're enacting on someone, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. th- without context, it is so easy to let that go to your head. Well, and it is kind of the inherent problem with our book club, right? Is like, we talk about things in sections. And so people are like, well, but you you make this statement about this scene without knowing the full context. And I'm like, that is the nature of what we're doing. Yeah. We're that, talking yeah. about it as we go. Totally. And future knowledge can change how we feel about past information. Yeah. But th- there, there seems to be people online who are like, you made this statement after you had only seen this many episodes or read this many chapters. Therefore, you have to feel that way about it forever. And I'm like, no, when I finish the book, all of those feelings can change. Yeah, uh, totally. Like, retroactively, you, uh, the end of a book can make the whole book brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. But the nature of our show is that we talk about things in chunks. And I, this storyline was the one that was the most frustrating because I didn't, I didn't see where we were headed. 
And then once we got there, immediately, I'm very invested in where the, it was headed, right? Totally. And like, it's very successful in that way. Yeah. And I think that, I, I don't know if it's that like, we need to acknowledge what the structure of our show is more so that audience, the audience, not, not the majority of our audience, the majority of our audience I think is you, on board. You guys get it. But, 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 but for that faction that seems to think that like, oh, well, you didn't like this chapter because you haven't read this chapter. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's just my honest feelings about that chapter until I read that chapter. But in the future, and it's why I get frustrated with the like, oh, but this is great on a reread. And I'm like, okay, but that's not the experience we're having right now. Like yeah. that as a criticism of our criticism doesn't is meaningless to the uh, environment in, within which we are reading the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, yes, I complained about the Avienda stuff because I, I really did feel like it was leading to the first half of this revelation, which I don't think is very strong. Yeah. Of like, well, no, you just had to stand up for yourself so that you didn't view yourself as an equal. And I'm like, there are so many ways to graduate someone into a program without making them feel like an apprentice. That is on the people who are graduating that person to do. And you can do that without shaming them. And I think that that is not great. Yeah. I do. What I do think is great, though, is saying, hey, you're going to have the power to do this to somebody. You need to understand what the cost of that feeling is. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yes. And that made it all work for me. Yes. A thousand percent. Now, that That is like... Honestly, one of my favorite just like one lines in the series so far. Yeah, that moment just just uh, it brings it all together. It's it's uh, it's perfect. Like it's it's, yeah. it's it really it really it's is. incredibly done. I'm yeah. I'm very very I'm I'm very satisfied, and I was genuinely concerned that I wouldn't be satisfied with this whole part of the story, and I'd be like, okay, well that was kind of silly, but at least it's done now. And now I'm like, nope, I get it. I get it. I get what you were trying to say, and yeah. I think it's so, so, so important. Yeah, and yeah. I think it, I think it is important to Avienda because I think that I think the lesson Avienda learns from that one sentence is so valuable, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially going into a giant war with the devil. Like, yeah, I, th- I think that it's valuable to know like what your actions consequences can be. Yeah, and it's a lesson I think Rand also needs to learn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, Rand Rand's got a lot of stuff to learn. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Madeline Monfort says, I think it's confusing people because of the intensity of your not fully understanding rants. I think that if we had milk toast um, opinions and we sat here and just kind of were like, I like this. I didn't like this. Thanks for being here. This was great. I don't think anyone would watch our content. Yeah. I think that the reason why we have yeah. a viewership is because the intensity of my not understanding rants are large. And so it's it's entertainment. Well, and having strong feelings is, is uh, just to me... More interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't really want to watch something where they're like, oh, yeah, this was, like, fine. Like, don't, you know, maybe it'll have context later moving on from it. Like, yeah. I, for us, it is definitely more fun and hopefully more interesting for the audience to really, like, dig into it and then have that huge flip if, if something does shine a light on it or bring a new perspective into it. So, uh, yeah. I just, I, 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 I tune into other people's stuff. Um, and I, I would never name names, but there mm-hmm. are some podcasts that don't have great viewership, but they're, they're nice people. Mm-hmm. And I tune in and they're like, I really like this scene. It was good. This scene I didn't like very much. It wasn't good. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, which like, is, you got to yell into your microphone. I, unfortunately, like the, the reality of the business model is you have to yell into your microphone a little bit. It's just more fun to like have strong feelings about things like to, to like let it affect you as a person yeah mm-hmm. uh, being like kind of apathetic towards it is 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 fine 
Like, there's nothing, like, wrong with that. It would be impossible But it's also to... not how we go through life. <laughs> well, no, we're very emotional people. And I'm, I'm larger than life, and I know that. But <laughs> I, I also think that, like, if I were to be like, oh, I can't judge it till book 14, then I can't do a weekly show about it. Yeah, then that, that makes it really tough. And so... You know I, what I mean? Like you then then yeah. what am I, then what are we what what can we make this if yeah. we're not going to have big emotions every week? Why is the show three hours? You know, it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, do you guys want why, why shorter? Is the sh- why is the show three hours? Guys, because, why? Because why, we why is the show three hours? Start talking about the most random shit. Because Gawain should not have beat up those four men. Okay, Ramonda. Ramonda is um having a meeting. With Shimmerin. Yep. This They're is like, where this is where Brandon Sanderson's Point of view jumping starts to like really point out, um, point out to me like like we jump around point of views a lot in this section of reading, um, because like this uh, the Avienda point of view and this feel very disjointed, but they're in the same chapter for some sure. reason. Yeah, they're in the same chapter for mm, I, I I don't know, and like I don't know what a crack in the stone is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Is that supposed to refer to Ruidian? Or is that like a crack because they f- have a way to sneak into the White Tower? Maybe? No, I think that like, I think the I think the stone is literally Avienda. I think that Min oh, cracks Avienda. the stone that right. is Avienda. Yeah, oh, we get to we're gonna get a Min Ruidian shatters scene. her personality. I'm very excited to go back to Ruidian. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be very cool, and also she gets to keep her clothes. I'm excited on. for Avienda to finally fucking talk to. Yeah, that was a Brandon Sanderson edition for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for Avienda to finally fucking talk to Rand again because she's been such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Punishing Rand for, like, fuck. Rand is going through the worst shit ever, and you're not going to his side because you feel shame. Like, no, no, but seriously. The man that you love (laughs) was attacked last night, and you don't go talk to him because you're like, oh, I'm being punished. Like, wait, like, Avienda does not deserve Rand's love. If you cannot show up for your partner when they need you because you have to make it all about your own shit, then, like, you're not ready to be loved yet. You are not ready to be in a real adult relationship because the the truth about a relationship Mm -hmm. with someone that you care for that much is that no matter what the fuck is going on in your life, if they're attacked by the forsaken, you go to their side and you're there for them. The problem is that the Aiel have this strange version of what is shameful, right? And so like Avienda like truly believes that like she is doing the right thing because she is not worthy of Rand because she has to do these things first. And so She's I, right. I, well, no, I, I agree with what you're saying, but that's that's just an idealness that I think is a little bit bonkers, personally. I, I, like, yeah, I think that, like, putting your partner first, but that, and also, like, Rand is an ideal, so he wouldn't see it that way, but, like, uh, I, I don't know, Avian is in a weird spot, but I, 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 I agree I, I, that, like, but- Rand went through something really difficult and... Avienda doesn't allow that to change her opinion or perspective on like being able to speak to him. It, so. the, the, the reason why Avienda is not deserving of him in this moment is because her reasoning for not being with him is, oh, well, I have to deal with my shit first, which is yeah. selfish and indicative that she's right. She's not ready to be there for him. She, I'm just saying that she's correct in her assumption. Yeah, yeah. She's right. She's not ready to be there for him because he deserves somebody who's not going to make it about herself when he's attacked. Yeah. And and, and that's, that's the reality of the situation, right? Yeah. You cannot make it about, oh, well, like, you know, my mom's kind of mad at me, so I'm sorry that you were beat up, but I'm going to leave you alone. Like, 
it, it's it's yeah. it's very immature. And and she and she calls herself out on it, and she's right, unfortunately, in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to more Ruidian. This gonna be. Really I just hope Ruidian cool. fucking like gets her over her shit, and we finally get like, like the Avienda that was so fun to read for so many books back. Yeah, back in book four. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, Ramonda is, is to interrogating Shimarin and Lelaine is also there. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of them, and they they ask her a bunch of questions about what happened and how she got out. And she's like, she's totally fine telling them. She she tells them everything. She doesn't mm-hmm. give a fuck. Uh, yeah, because what what does she have to lose, right? Well, because she sees herself as an accepted and sees them all as I said I, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I I gotta do whatever they say. Yeah. Um, even though she still definitely sees Elena as the Emerald Seat. Uh, but also, I loved the detail that Shamarin is like, oh no, I was loyal. She just did it to do it. Yeah. And Ramonda being like, oh, that's even more dangerous. Yeah. Like, that is just... She set a precedent so yeah. that people who, in the future, defy her... With could, someone who would it. accept it to yeah. make it easier for her to break her enemies. Like, I really love... And I love the way that Romanda figures that out. Yeah. I give Romanda a lot of shit, but Romanda's actually pretty great in this scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, they just kind of get attacked by by insects. By cockroaches, yeah. From Shara. Yeah. The four-legged cockroaches. This is your favorite scene, right? No. God, I have a sneeze that's, like, right here. Yeah, I can tell. It won't fucking go away. Do you think think Ramonda grows as a person from burning all of her earthly possessions? Does she become more... Does she, like, find Jesus? No. Absolutely You don't think she finds piety in no longer having earthly possessions? Yeah, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. There's no fucking way. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Uh, And then Ramonda's like, should we just accept it and, like, go kowtow to Aleda because uh, cockroaches... I, I didn't really understand what Ramonda's point was at the end of this. Um, she basically just found out that Aleda was willing to, like, unseat Aes Sedai, and then uh, some cockroaches attack, and she's like, maybe we should go well, back. Ramonda, and I was like, Ramonda, fuck you. Ramonda is basically like, oh, shit, the last battle is actually, like, really fucking close. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah, but the the the, the thing that keeps, the thing that sticks in my craw about that is that would Aleda, do, does anyone in the world think that Aleda could lead the Aes Sedai to be beneficial to the last battle? no. No, but Ramonda like, is... Is there one person? No, but Ramonda thinks very highly of herself as a sitter and is like, oh, yeah, I would be... I would have a say. I would be in charge, mm-hmm. right? So, because, I don't know, I said I are... <clears throat> Anyways, uh, next chapter, 27, the tipsy gelding. The tipsy gelding. We get Matt, <clears throat> who feels a little bit more like Matt. This Yeah, Matt feels so much more like Matt this week. Yeah, this, this Not does. fully, but, like... Well, Mostly. Closer, closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I was like, okay. Mostly okay. because he isn't just complaining about women for a whole chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little bit rough. We left Incel Matt on the road. And and that's what I was saying in that chapter, last week's reading, where I was like, this doesn't, I did not like this chapter, but at the same time, like, Matt's allowed to have a bad day. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Matt, yeah. Our characters are allowed to have a bad day. And that chapter's kind of saved because, like, Talmains is, like, making fun of him for it. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, well, never heard that one before. Like, uh, I, I think it kind of works. But uh, Tom wants to go yeah. save Moraine, but Matt's like, we're not. We, we there's a there's a couple of steps, but we are gonna do that. I promise. Yeah. First, we'll we have there. to go into a town called Hofstead. Uh, Hurdle Step. What was it? Um, Steps Heart. Uh, Why can't I remember what the name of this town was called? Hapstep. Whatever. Anyway. Um. So uh, they. Hinderstep. Hinderstep. That's it. That's it. God, I'm fucking dyslexic. Happenstance. It's, it's literally actually, right uh, here, and I can't read it. Yeah, it's all good. It's, yeah. it's happenstance. Don't worry about it. 
Um, and uh, yeah, they they go in, they split up because Tom is like, I am a Gleeman and I can find out information by myself. And the Aes Sedai are like, we are Aes Sedai and, and we, we want, want a, bath. a bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Matt wants to go to the place where people actually go when they're locals. And uh, this is where Matt and I agree. I am a big fan of when I travel, finding like the, the not tourist bar. What? Yeah, sorry. All the versions of uh, Hindersticked Cumberstab is my favorite one so far. That's pretty good. Uh, Guys, sometimes words are hard for me, okay? No, you're good. That's why I read as my job. Yeah. And not even like small books. It's why I read thousand page tomes as my job. Yeah, she's a beast. Oh my God. Uh, so they, they go into the bar and Matt is like, it's time to dice. Um and this is where this is where I don't this was a big difference in terms of I think Brandon Sanderson writes Matt's personality well. I don't think he writes Matt's superpower well. Yeah, so Matt can control his luck uh, on command. No Matt, Matt has like a lever in his brain that he like goes win, win lose, lose, win yeah. lose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I the, I didn't love that. The way that Robert Jordan, do you remember that one scene where Matt is dicing and then he wins all the money and then he loses the last hand and realizes that the luck was on his side because they were about to kill him? Yes. It, but he didn't choose to lose that I one? I can't remember what book that was in. But like that was, was... like two books ago. That was fucking incredible writing of the luck. Yeah. This felt, this felt goofy because it, it felt like... He had put in a cheat code in a video game. Yeah, he motherloaded it. And was like, lose. I'm going to lose this one. I'm going to win this one so it's not suspicious. I'm going to lose this one. Yeah. I'm going to lose this one. And I was like, I, I, I did not love the way Brandon Sanderson adapted this kind of scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Smith, thank you for that super chat. Bear and kilt. Is that, what is bear and kilt? Did I miss something? I have no idea what bear and kilt is. I'm sorry. Sorry, James, I don't know what that is. I don't understand. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the whole, like, being able to, like, have complete control over the luck doesn't feel like luck anymore. It just feels like a superpower. Um, It's just, it's, it's, Robert Jordan just wrote it a little bit more, uh, just, it was different with the way Robert Jordan wrote it and made it seem a little bit more like luck and less, like, basically telekinesis. Like, he might as well be telekinetic at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, welcome back to the nerd table for 16 months. Let's I remember go. playing this D&D Ravenloft module. Oh, the the Hinderstap. Oh, oh. It does, like, fe- it, it does feel like a Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, this is what I thing. talked about as like the Witcher side quest. I'm going to put Hinderstap into the relay. Oh my God, hilarious. Don't stay there at night. Um... Uh, Rental Moore says Matt's powers never made sense for me anyways. Yeah, I, I don't think they ever really made sense. They never made sense. They this just... was just written differently. Yeah. And yeah. it just stood out because it's always felt, there's always there was always sort of a like sex appeal feel to the way Robert Jordan wrote The Luck. And this felt very not sexy. This felt very nerdy. And do you know what that, I mean? No, I I, <clears throat> I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but yes. That that makes sense, right? Yeah, like that Matt's makes sense. luck always felt like James Bond at a casino. It's a little sexy. And now it feels like Sheldon Cooper. No, it, it feels like did you guys see the movie Twenty One? Yeah. Where they cast um fucking What I don't I don't remember his name. They cast the white guy as the Asian guy. Yeah. Um Yeah. Like 
it felt like that where you're like, this yeah. isn't sexy. This is this is a little bit sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't tell you why, but I I agree with that. Uh, And so uh, he loses, 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 loses. And then he's like, oh my God, but I have this giant chest of gold. What can you guys bet against it? And the town is like, we'll give you all of our food and shit. Everything, take everything. We want gold, even though we live in the mountains. And I'm not really sure what the gold, like I don't really know what the gold is going to do for a town that size. Now, I do have a question here. Mm -hmm. Because the dice in Matt's head stop rolling when he says, I'm going to, we're going to toss the dice one more time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't the situation have still been almost the exact same because the ice and I were still bathing? Like, this, to me, the moment the dice stop implied that it, it, that if, if Matt had decided to leave, to mm-hmm. get out by sunset, then everything would have been fine and dandy, then they wouldn't, the, then this wouldn't have happened. And but the dice, but the dice stop in that moment because he decides to stay, and so this thing happens. But I feel like this thing definitely would have still happened, obviously. But like they would have been present for it because the I said I were still bathing, and Tom was still hanging out. So like yes. I, I don't really understand why the dice stop in this moment. I don't understand why the dice stop in his head ever. I usually can figure it out in a general sense, but yeah, but like why? Like okay, so like when he meets Tuan, it's when she enters the room. But why isn't when she's at the end of the hallway, or when she enters the ba- the, bu- the 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 door at the front of the castle, or when sh- her ship landed in Ebudar? Like it's it's o- oftentimes yeah. the dice don't stop because of Matt's actions. They kind of stop because he like runs into somebody. I guess, but it felt like he was like, "Yeah, no, we're gonna toss this one," and then the dice stopped. But I, I don't feel think like... of the dice stop as his actions causing something. I think of it more as like a warning. A warning. I think it is the dice in his head are letting him know to pay attention to an important moment in his life. Because it's it's very rarely been that the dice are like, you. it's not like it's mm-hmm. he comes to a fork in the road and he has a left and a right and he chooses one and the dice stop. It's generally like, oh, hi, I'm two on. The dice stopped rolling. It's his brain. It is his brain's way of being like something big is about to happen. Pay attention. Huh. And then they stop and he's like, oh, that was the thing I was supposed to pay attention to. Lock that one away. Okay, I never thought about that. But it's yeah. I, I've just I've never I've never seen them as choices that he's made. The dice stop rolling when the people are about to fucking murder him. Okay, okay, okay. Fair. I definitely was not interpreting it that way this whole time. Because I agree I with you. That. I don't think there is a way for Matt to get people. When when the mayor said three hours, I was like, that's not possible. Yeah. Like I don't know if you know how long it takes a woman to put a dress on in this era. But in order for the Aes Sedai to disrobe, have a bath, and then re-robe, if they don't eat food, which they said they were going to have a meal on top of that, that is a a full process. Those Aes Sedai aren't stepping out without doing their hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair. Like, there is is propriety in the way that there's a way they're supposed to behave. So, like, there was no chance they were leaving there in three hours. Oh, no, for sure. Which, I guess, this brings us into the next chapter. I feel like this one and the next one are are definitely combined. Mm -hmm. Um, So, chapter 28, basically, they um, don't leave before sunset. And so... Was there anything else more than 27? No, there isn't, right? I don't think so. No. They basically... The, the the sun goes down, and these people just start fucking attacking one another. They're yeah. like zombies. I was like, oh, shit. We got zombies now in this fantasy series. That's fun. No, it's not zombies, though. It's it, not, no. Because at first I was like... Vampires. I thought... Vampires. Oh, interesting. I thought I we thought were going zombies. full on, like... Uh, oh, it, actually, zombies would make sense, too, though, because it could be, like, the Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah, I don't know. Where I, under the like, moonlight, they become... 
It is kind That's of Curse fun. of the Black Pearly. Kind of. Oh my god, did Robert Jordan steal this from the Pirates of the Caribbean? Pirates of the Caribbean came out in like 2000, like, I don't know, four? What? Didn't the first one come out? Yeah, but the ride was built in like 87, right? Yeah, but the ride doesn't have the zombie stuff in it. It was just a pirate-themed boat. Oh, yeah, I guess the... They added that stuff later. All of the undead stuff is not in the ride, is no, it? No, no, they, they added that stuff later. That's so funny. I remember the zombies in the ride, and they're they're not... Oh, it's because there's that one skeleton, but it's not Sure, it's not yeah, moving. there's like a, hang, there's a, there's a skeleton in it, yes. That is so funny. Yeah. In my head, I was like, no, the, the, the zombie stuff from the ride, Pirates of the Caribbean, but there's no zombies in that ride. Yeah. We've ridden that multiple times. How... My brain is a fucking disaster. I love your brain. I know, but like, what? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, where were we? Uh, well, uh, the zombies attack. Uh, this scene, look. Horrifying. If this is how Brandon Sanderson writes all of the action in his books, I will read every one of his goddamn books. Oh, I was so close. 2003. You were very close. Oh, I know. That is still, that is still before this book came out. Is. Yeah, didn't this book come out in 2007? Because Memory of Light came out in 2000 and... No, uh, that can't be right. First edition, 2009? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, so so Curse of the Black Pearl actually predates this by six years. Oh, shit. Okay, fair enough. I mean, they're different. uh, They're different. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just funny. And um, this is not this we don't, this is not the the number of human stories across every single culture yeah. where at night people become dangerous. Yeah, it, yeah, that, yeah. like it, there's yeah, no yeah. yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean can't claim that. No, one. no, no, no. And, but yeah, this is like the Witcher mm-hmm. side quest that's like so fascinating. <clears throat> it's got this like dark, horrible moment, like literally dark and also like figuratively dark. But but the moment <laughs> the moment where so so they're fighting. And Matt is trying so hard not to kill anybody. Uh-huh. And then he just has to give up because it's too dangerous. And then they get on their horses. Matt's like, leave the fucking food. We'll we'll come just back for get it out. during daylight. But yeah. like and then Delarn falls off of his horse. Yeah. And he's like, I cannot leave this guy to this to to be like torn apart like this. Um, and they he jumps off of his horse, goes back into the fight. And then he can't see shit and he's fighting in the darkness. And the way, like, because I was reading this at like one, I'm not going to lie, you guys. I, I did all of my reading after 10 o'clock last night. Um, not all of it. That's not true. I had read four pages before 10 o'clock last no, night. No, you'd read a couple chapters. I, 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 no. Oh, maybe I started reading at nine o'clock yeah. last night. But I didn't, I did not start reading until after dinner last night. I thought Because you read I was in the Attack on Titan channel oh, arguing yeah. with people. This motherfucker. Um, so I was reading this last night at like, you know, she had gone to bed and I'm, I'm reading and I was like, this is fucking incredible. Like this scene, the sequence yeah. of fighting in the dark was written. So, I felt like I was there. I was horrified. And the moment. In the best way. Like the moment where Matt recognizes Delarn because he's like, oh, that shadow is doing a sword move. Yes. That these crazed motherfuckers wouldn't do. Yeah. I was like, this is so fucking cool. Fucking brilliant. Oh my God. I was riveted. Although the one thing that I, I, I like, I'm like not sure I totally buy is that one of these things was able to get his sword away from him and like stab him with it. They, well, I mean, I th- I'm sure he was grabbed by like five people at once and it happened. Right. I don't think it was like maybe, in one on one combat. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, he was also yeah. fighting in the dark. Yeah, sure. I just, I like. I think that you're used to playing elf characters in D&D who have dark sight, <laughs> but most human characters can't see shit. No, 
that's that's fair. I just thought that like I guess they probably like got his sword away from him at first and he was able to like get it back. But uh, yeah, anyways, yeah. it doesn't matter. This whole thing was he so got it, fucking Yeah, cool. he got it back because the person put it in his body. Yeah. And then he he got it back. He got it back. Um <laughs> um uh, yeah, she'd the sword. There's a lot of people in this saying that this feels like a Sanderson edition. I have a feeling Sanderson was reading the notes and was like, oh, Matt does nothing. I'm going to give Matt something to do. Because yeah. I've been complaining about it for a while. Like, Matt is literally just writing down the road. Well, and I would rather him have this Witcher side quest mm-hmm. than just be, like, meandering down the road again. Like, this this was had nothing to do with the plot, but it was so interesting. But it finally makes the bubbles of evil. Like, this is what I've been waiting for the bubbles of evil to do for books is be horror that isn't just, like, kitschy. Mm. Like, this was genuinely, like, a great scene from a horror novel. Yeah. And and the next day when they go back to talk to these people, it is affecting their lives on every... Like, they have had to completely change the way they live their lives because of it. Yeah. Which is so much more interesting than, like, oh, no, cockroaches! Bye, it's over. Well, that was yeah. weird. Oh, no, our our room moved to a different castle. Like, that shit to me is very kitschy. And, like, it. all of the characters are getting over it because it's not that bad. Yeah. Whereas this is something that is so bad that it has drastically affected all of these people's lives. And I, your heart breaks for them immediately because of it, right? Yeah. And I, I think that, like, this is... This is the kind of vibe that I've been wanting from the Bubbles of Evil for a while. Yeah. Where it's not just like a random thing that happens. And where... it always happens to Matt. The peddler, also Matt. Matt gets the most interesting of them consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like a person devolving into beetles is weird, but it's it's like, okay. like the, You can't do anything about it. You can't do it. anything about it. You're just fucked if the dark one picks you, I guess. And I, I just, I, I thought that like this, this is the best Brandon Sanderson, or this is the best bubble of evil in all of the books so far. Ex- yeah. No, except for the mirrors attacking Rand. That scene was f- where like little versions of himself. The mirror, yeah. They, a bunch of like cool. nude miniature Rands made out of mirror glass attacking him yeah. is one of the funniest things, and I can't wait for that to be. On it's the show. hilarious and also horrifying. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Delarn is uh, is fine. Uh, they they find the Aes Sedai. He does get healed. Tom uh, Maines sees which one? Edisina in a robe, and Matt is like, like, "Hold it together, man!" And Tom Maines is like, "I'm trying, but my dick is hard." <laughs> yeah. Literally. I was like, "You've never seen a woman in a fucking robe, Tom Maines? You're like, you're there are zombies outside. Mortal danger. Like, and you're like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> boobies. Matt, boobies. Yeah, he's like, it's like the top of the robe was open like a little bit, and he's like, clavicle. Like I was like, all right. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, they're not naked. They're, they're not naked. They're in, they're in robes. Yeah. But like Talmain's fucking. I, I did. I I might have like I might have screenshotted that line because oh, it really? literally. I I was laughing so hard at this. Yeah. Um. No, I didn't screenshot. Ah, it. that's fine. But yeah, it's like Tom Maines is like, I'm trying, Matt. I'm trying. Yeah, I know. That was very funny to me. It's like you fucking. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, horny motherfuckers. And also Matt's response of like, they're not women. <laughs> Maines, yeah. they're Aes Sedai. It's like, wow. Okay. And he's like, you say that, but like those tits are tits, Matt. Yeah. Titties are still titties on an Aes Sedai. The titties still count. Okay, they still count. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man, that was very funny. I yeah, yeah. It was definitely it was a, it was a very funny line. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> they kidnap a couple of girls, take them with them. Uh huh. Um. 
and they uh, they go and sit on a hill. They they escape and sit on a hill. Yeah, they get out. Oh, and Tom, is, Tom is there. They find Tom, Tom. is there. Yeah. Tom, Tom, I, I Tom really liked. Him. I liked Tom. Yeah, Tom appears in the dark and is like, "Man, we gotta go. I'm running out of knives." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the intrepid Craig McGill. If you know, you know. Uh, thank you for that. I don't know. Super chat. I don't know. It reminds when, me of the church scene in Kingsman. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Get that fucking fight choreographer to do this for the show. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be that would be very cool. And uh, so Matt doesn't sleep, and Tom's like, "You should sleep." And Matt's like, "How the fuck am I supposed to sleep after that, Tom?" Fair, fucking fair. <laughs> what are you talking I just about? Watch children rip each other apart, like. <laughs> yeah, like that's some fucked up shit. I, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm an insomniac tonight. Oh. I just watch children violently ripping the skin off of each other. Well, and they also have those two children like captive. Mm-hmm. Uh, who disappear and the warder's like wait what the fuck they were just here and Tom was Fen. like yeah we just we just saw them that's super strange and so Matt just uh, goes back into town he's like hmm interesting what's going on here and there's like a little bit of blood where Delarn De- De- only Delarn's blood is on only Delarn's blood is on the ground everything else is like back to sorry the buildings and structures are not back to normal but there's no bodies there's no blood there's nothing of that and all the people are like Awkward. Like everyone's like really uncomfortable, and so Matt shows up. I do like that they're painting. Yeah, they're like, well, we gotta fix it. Like, how how many nights of this would you go through before you're like, just leave? Well, it. they were painting over the char marks, which the Aes Sedai made. I'm sure that doesn't happen all the time. I know, I, but my point is like, at what point do you stop fixing? Like, fix the doors to keep that's the draft when, out. No, that's but when at you what give point up. do you keep it looking nice? You no, you gotta. They, they're trying to keep their humanity in some way. Sure, but like. There's a charm mark on the wall. Uh, uh, like, there, there, there's going to be a certain number of nights where you're like, don't worry about it. Well, and that's that's the that's the moment that they lose. They've already lost. Oh, sure. But I mean, like... <laughs> the, the, these people, they're, they're, there's no shot of them winning. But, they, like, they got to at least try to have lives. Because it's weird. It's like Groundhog Day, but it's not... They're not repeating the same day over and over. They just can't die. They can't escape the pattern. Which is... They, cr- that's The line about them crazy. being like, some people killed themselves, and then we... Just, they just woke up in their beds the next morning, and I'm like, do they remember killing themselves? Because <laughs> that's fucking... That's some fucked up shit. Because I would, like, I would go full Groundhog Day, and, like, I would just keep killing myself in more and more creative ways. <laughs> just, to, just to see how it feels. For science. Honestly, I would be this the best... This is Semiraj's, uh, like, perfect world. Oh, yeah. You could do whatever you want, and they keep coming back. And they can tell you what it was like. Oh, that's so fucked. Oh, I'm glad she's dead. That's so crazy to think about. Holy shit. I'm so glad that she's dead. But I would be great in that town. I'm the guy you want in this situation. Why? Because I would become an unhinged entertainer for everybody. You'd become a Florida man? Yeah, I would be like, everyone gather around. Today we, what crazy shit do you want to see today, folks? I'll do whatever. I would, uh, I, I would take it upon myself to be the court jester of the town, and people would like. I would, I would make it. I would, I would try and make it fun. You know me. I can't let no, things be a bad vibe. Yeah. And so I would try too hard, and people would hate me. There would be a lot of people in that town who would fucking despise me. They'd be like, "Just can you just like shut the fuck up, yeah. stop?" And I'd be like, "No, we're gonna have fun today. <laughs> who wants to beat the shit? Who wants to beat me to death be and like, see what it's like?" In the brain. Yeah. I mean, if you can't die, if there's no consequences for death, the weird shit that I would try. Yeah, I feel like they'll get creative after a while. Oh yeah, I would yeah. give up. I would give up right away. But I, I love that Matt saves Delarn from this fate without even like realizing it in the moment. 
Like, if he had died, mm-hmm. he would have become, like, one of them, right? Yeah, that's, that's fucked up. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Uh, Blue, clever name. I like your name. Says, why make the bed if you're going to mess it up again tonight? Um, I, I've never once made my bed in my entire life. Making the bed actually traps the germs in it. I taught you that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, oh, Dekuna says, truly unhinged Val and Luca. A thousand percent. Oh, I man. would be the most unhinged Val and Luca. You would like fucking like wrestle a fucking saber tooth tiger just for fun. Where the fuck am I? I can't leave. Where am I getting a saber tooth tiger? I don't know. They live in mountains. They might exist in this world. Who knows? Okay. This is fantasy. There you have it. Clarus thinks that if this was happening, we would be able to find a saber tooth tiger. Yeah, why not? Why not? In the hills Gotta get creative. of Andor. Creative, okay? Now, do the animals have the same thing happen to them? I guess they don't fight one another, so no, if the animals die, they die. Because <laughs> you would have unlimited food supply. Yeah. Right? You just Can kill... you die of starvation? Do they need food? Probably not. Probably not. Damn. This, 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 like, this Witcher side quest opens up so many fucking weird questions that are so fascinating, but, like, aren't relevant. And I don't it's think he's fun. ever going to come back. No, probably not. No. But I thought this was rad. I'm glad that Samiraj is dead so that these people don't, so she doesn't find them and torture them for eternity. Uh, think about how good you could become as a soldier, though, if you could train to the death every day with no consequences. Because you wouldn't have to train with practice swords. You could train with real swords. True. Wild. It would still hurt, I think. I don't know. Yeah, but what does pain mean when you die every night? Yeah. Like. Anyways, there's someone who's giving out posters of Perrin and Matt in a nearby town. And Matt is like, that's very suspicious. Let's go find out. Did you think, did you, who did you think it was? I just thought it was a dark friend. Mm, who is okay. like enacting the like, these two people must be killed order. Mm-hmm. At all costs. And so they were looking for him. I did not expect. I, I immediately assumed it was going to be someone we knew who wasn't evil because we oh. know that Ishamayel can just find them. Fair. Fair. Because when the, when the Hindersep thing first started, I thought it was the same thing that happened in that previous town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I assumed it was going to be a good person here because we know that like they can Ishamayel can go look at the wheel and see where the thread leads to Matt and Perrin, whatever that fucking power that he has is. Uh, so I, I was very unsurprised that it was Varen, just because I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. I did not see that fucking coming at all. Mm-hmm. Anyways, chapter 29? I think um, that's it. Uh, yeah. They get the food. Oh, they get food. They get their gold. Yeah, but Matt leaves. Matt leaves a bunch for them. Yeah. Uh... Wheel up time number 14, well, the one thing that makes a train a train is being a train. Did I say that? Apparently. I love I love that you just pulled up a random quote by trying to quote me. Yeah, if, um, you, if you do command quote, it will bring up things that have Don't been... do it. There's so many bad quotes. I, I don't think anyone can add quotes. I think mods no, have only to... No, uh, only Fabu can. Only Fabu can add quotes? I think so. Oh, because you made Fabu an editor? Yeah, because it's because Fabu was made an editor on tw- or um, uh, you had to be a mod on my Twitch channel. Twitch, but this isn't connected. But it's the stream elements bot. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna test something. All right, um, I don't know what the command to add quotes is. Uh, chapter twenty nine into Bandari Bon. Uh, Rand gets to Bandari Bon. 
and uh, he's like, guys, I'm here to distribute the grain. I love that a quote that I said was held for review. That is so funny. That's so funny. I've never seen a penis that has two faces. That is. Hell yeah, I can add quotes. Let's fucking go. I, I can't. Why did I say I've never seen a penis that has two faces? No idea. <laughs> that is such a funny random thing for a person to say. Not a clue. Oh my god. Oh. Rand is riding into town just casually listing the names of all the women he's killed. Because that's, you know, our boy is super healthy in the head. His mental health is peak at the moment. Eleven out of ten. Eleven out of ten. Just mental living health. his best life, you know. Uh, and uh, we get the like truly heartbreaking moment of Luce Theron adding Eliana, uh, my good friend Luce Theron Telemann. I'm sorry, I thought you said atting, and I was like, what? What is what? Okay, sorry, chat. Give us one second. What is happening with us today? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. This has been this has been an experience. Like, good or bad? I don't know. I can't tell. Okay. Are you good? We'll probably figure it out later. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, chat. We just had to... We, we just had to decide. Just a quick aside. Uh, 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 theatrical what? aside, if you will. This quote is unhinged. Shrek solos everyone in the Star Wars universe except for Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks is the only Star Wars character who could give Shrek a run for his money. <laughs> Why did I say that? I do. I I can't even Guys, begin I'm to very figure funny. out the context for that one. Maybe you were high. You were playing high Fabu, last you, week. You, why did you just add a quote that I said because it's already been added? Fabu did quoteception. They added the quote that you had already been quoted for. I love it. I fucking love it. All right. Well, now uh, it's double quoted. See, people are adding Ileana in the chat. I, that's oh what God. Luce Theron did. Ileana. Like, hashtag. Uh, Sad boy. Um, Ishamael, uh, once played by my dear friend, uh, Billy Zane. Um, dear friend. Yeah, we're, we're, we're close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We made a TikTok together. We made one together. TikTok together, so we're good friends. Yeah. Look, yeah. me and Billy Zane are tight. You know what I mean? I love the <laughs> Titanic son of a bitch. Uh, God damn it. So, uh, as he's doing this, the Aes Sedai keep coming up and being like, you shouldn't have uh, exiled Cat Swain. And he's like, I don't, I, le I legitimately don't care. Can I give a fuck? Fuck off. Yeah. And they're like, okay. He just like looks at them and they're like. But Cat Swain, um, because she is a, just incapable of taking responsibility for her actions, is still there. Uh, is still trying to uh, connive and uh, manipulate Rand because she does not want to even take a day to maybe think about how she ended up in the situation that she ended up in. And, because it's been a day. I, I, she was exiled the day before. Yeah, I thought I thought this was more of like, I have one purpose in life and I fucked it up with Rand, so I, I'm still going to be here to do my best behind the scenes. Because she said, she's like, I fucked it up. Yeah, you can like, you can give him some space. Sh I mean, she is. She's hiding her face. Like, no, no, she's not. Ketswain is making the situation worse again. Ketswain made a new account and is still harassing after Rand blocked her. Uh, but that's what it is, right? And like the problem is that she needs to go fucking grow up, which mm -hmm. is crazy to say about someone who's almost three hundred. We get we get an age for her. She's almost three hundred. Yeah. Um. We I, finally do get the. I thought we knew she was about three hundred. We no. The only thing we knew is that the last time she made a mistake was two hundred and seventy years ago. Oh yeah. Okay. So she was like thirty when she made her last mistake. Yeah, she was less than thirty. 
Um, but like this is, but I'm like Ket Swain, like fucking back off for a day, for one day. You know where he's gonna be. You can travel. You're gonna be fine. Take a minute. Give him a little bit of space instead of fucking hounding him immediately. Like, like I. But she's not. She's not trying to like be up in his space. She's just like being with the eye to die. She's a thousand percent there to try and figure out a way back into his good graces immediately. Like she literally. I mean, the, yeah, she's we trying get her to atone POV. for her mistakes. We get her POV, and she's like, "Well, this fucking guy fucked everything up, so I'm I've got a plan now to fix it." But then the she next, says, it's been one day. But then she says, "I fucked this up, and I have to find a way to make it right." Uh, sure, but you can but you can give someone a little bit of space. And like the problem with Cat Swain, I mean, where's she supposed to go? Literally anywhere. The woman can teleport. The woman can go anywhere on Earth, in a blink of an eye. She can do literally anything. She could take some time to go work on another plan. She could go I, fuck, see what's going on with the other Aes Sedai. She mm-hmm. could do anything. And she decides to be as close to Rand as possible immediately after the situation, making it look worse for her. Because she still can't take responsibility and learn that by pushing too hard mm-hmm. and by being too presumptuous with him, that's what fucked up. Not Rand is a bad... Not whatever she thinks the situation is. And because she won't take one fucking day to just go sit in an inn somewhere and reflect. She has to start manipulating the next day. She can't take any time. She's to, not manipulating. She's just she there. She's a thousand percent manipulating. She's going to meet her contacts to get information to come up with a plan to fix the situation with Rand immediately. That's not like I'm going to go manipulate things. That's I fucked up and I need a way to make this better. And I need as much information at my disposal as possible. I, again... If you do, if, if someone tells you, fuck off, and you don't fuck off because of your actions, right? So you then, think she should just stop doing anything? I think that she should give him some space, yeah. That's fair, but like she does, like she leaves him in the, par- as soon doesn't. as they get to the city. She's in the procession as, with him. Yeah, but as soon as they get to the city, she does fuck off. She goes to do her own thing by herself, alone and quiet. And then Rand runs For into her For a couple later. of hours before she's like, oh, Figured out the plan. I'm going to go do my thing again. I'm going to go meet with Rand's people yeah. to try and get them on my side to manipulate him again. She immediately, within a day. We don't know that it's a manipulation. We don't know what the plan is. Yet. Anything she does at this point is a manipulation. Uh, I don't think that's fair. Yes. Uh, like skirting as close to his rules as possible because you think that you're smarter than him. That's not trying to manipulate someone. It is a th- that is a thousand percent what no, she's doing. No, that's just interpreting someone's instructions. If, if you get exiled by someone uh-huh. and your response is, well, I'm hiding my face, so I'm technically doing it. That's not manipulating somebody. She's, that's she, being like pedantic The, the idea that anything that Cad Swain does isn't manipulative is hilarious. We've met this character for too long to, for me to give her any room to think that she's not being manipulative. I just didn't see this section as being manipulative. It's the, her like trying to 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 get as much information about the situation she, as she can because she knows that she fucked up. And, but she doesn't want Rand to fail. So she's still going to get information to pass on and, and feed and to like the goods or like for for the benefit of them. She can't do it directly now, but she's not just going to go do nothing. I'm not saying do nothing. I'm saying give coming. Rand space. Okay. I guess she could have like the, gone The last battle isn't coming in the next 24 hours. You know what I mean? Well, we don't know that. Um, I, like, Hawthorne says that is one step from I'm not touching you exactly. It's childish. Katswain is behaving like a childish 
person. Totally. Here. Because but that's not she's so much smarter than everyone else. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's see what her plan is, and then you can. Well, and that's the thing is, I don't really know what you, this you're plan gonna. Is you have to, to defend be. whatever the fuck she comes up with. No, I don't. Yes, I'm you just do, because you're the one here. Like, it's not manipulative for this to, scene is to not. put your hood up and like skirt his rules remember, so that you can stay in your hand. Remember what we talked about? Remember we talked about earlier in this podcast where, where we were like, you know, people expect us to not be able to ever change our minds with new information that comes along. Yes. Yeah. So. But I'm saying that if I, it ends up being manipulative, why would I defend her? No, but I'm saying that I'm saying that it is already manipulative. I think that using the 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 letter of the law to stay as close to him as possible so that you can find a way back into his graces within 24 hours of being exiled, that to me is manipulating the situation because you think that the because you haven't learned the lesson of what happened the last time. I think that she is already manipulating the situation by by skirting what he wanted, by, by poking believe, the bear. I think we have different interpreta- interpretations of manipulation. Because her, inten- her intention of being there with her hood up is not to fuck with Rand. That's not why she's there. Yes, it is. No, it's not. There's no other reason for her to be there. That is not true. She believes the last battle is coming and is willing to do anything possible in her power to make sure that it goes well mm-hmm. and that she's able to help it. Not by, by doing what? What? By doing what? She's going to get information and to, to, chat with to, the Aes Sedai. To influence who? What do you mean? To influence who? We don't know yet. Rand. The only person she cares about is Rand. Yes, I'm saying. And she saying, won't leave him the fuck alone. I'm saying that the... I'm saying that the... That her being there with her hood up is not a manipulation of rent. Yeah, it's childish and yeah, it's pedantic. Like, yeah, I'm not saying that's like the best thing to do. I just don't think that that counts as manipulation. I think it's taking, it's trying to hold on to a, a, a situation that you have lost control of in the smallest way that you can possibly do. And she, and she, that's what she does. She's there. She follows his orders. She does what he says. She does not. She manipulates his orders to fit her version of it because she has no respect for him, which is the problem in the first place. She doesn't want to respect him. She will wants but to do whatever the fuck she wants. Her being there, and so she takes she takes a sliver of a reality of what he said, of the exact words that he said, to disrespect him by not following what he asked of okay, her. Okay, but if we, if we take if, if manipulation is trying to like maneuver somebody into doing what you want, right? It's trying to prod them in a, in 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 a, in a way, in a direction, or to see something that you see. She is not doing anything she is just there yes she is she goes to the wise ones behind his back to get them to do whatever her plan is no 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 not her existence she brings a plan in this chapter she goes to the wise ones who work for rand yes we are that's what this chapter is about you were saying that her being there with her hood up is manipulation i'm i'm no 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 no. she 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 is manipulating what rand said to allow her to manipulate him. Yes, that, that's She's that's what is happening manipulating here. Manipulating what Rand said? By going to the wise ones behind Rand's back. She is yes. taking advantage of him sure, and totally. disrespecting him to manipulate him. Totally. I'm talking about her being there with her. I'm not up. talking about I'm talking about her actions as a whole in this chapter. I'm not talking about individually. Okay, I'm talking about all of her actions well, but in this chapter that's what I was are saying, a manipulation. Is that her being there? Isn't manipulative. Her like presence there. But, but, I but that agree doesn't that matter because her that being she's there doing... is why she goes. Her being there allows her to go to the wise ones and do the shit that she's doing behind his back. 
She is, she is trying to influence Rand from behind his back after he deliberately told her not to. That is manipulative. It is, it is, it is, that is a manipulation. I agree that there are definitely parts of this chapter that are like that, then even though why, we don't know. Then why know. are we having this argument? Like, okay, yes, her being in the room is not manipulative. Fine, I will yeah. concede that to you. But what she is doing in this chapter is manipulative. I mean, she hasn't done anything yet. Yes, she, she has. has. An she idea. went to the wise ones behind Rand's back. That is they inherently to, yeah. a manipulation of her being exiled. Like, like, yes, Rand says you are exiled. And she skirts that and goes behind his back to the wise ones. Okay, so if I have if I have a plan, if I'm like, hey, there's an army over here, and I think that we should uh, flank them from this side and have cavalry over here about this many of them. Sorry, what? If I have a battle plan, if I have a strategy for something. I have no idea where you're going with this, but sure. And I bring it to the people that can help me enact that strategy, that is manipulation? If they tell you they do not want you there and you use their allies to do it behind their back, yes. Well, but the Aiel want her there. Like, Sulin and Katswain work together. That does not change the fact that she is trying to manipulate Rand by going to his allies behind his back. That that doesn't change that fact. Whether the wise ones want him there or not, it doesn't fucking matter to Rand and what he has asked of her. And the problem that, the the reason Kat Swain ended up in this position in the first place Uh is because she couldn't respect Rand enough to treat him like a fucking person in this equation. She, he is treat she's treating him like a dog that she's trying to train for the fucking Westminster Abbey bullshit. Kat Swain does not (laughs) learn the lesson of treating Rand like a human being to be in this situation. And so what is she doing? Rather than taking a fucking second to self-reflect, the day after this happens, she goes and uses the the, the letter of Rand's law to mm-hmm. go behind his back again and treat him like a dog again, instead of respecting him. She is manipulating the situation to meet her needs because she thinks she's so much fucking smarter than Rand. That 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 is what is happening here. And like it, it isn't about she it isn't about whose plan is right. It isn't about who has the better strategy to beat the dark one. None of that matters. Rand said, I am exiling you. Get the fuck out of here. I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And she is going behind his back again. It, all of okay. the other stuff that you're arguing, it doesn't matter. This is about his her relationship with Rand. She wants to be his advisor again, and she can't find an ounce of respect for him after she just fucked up royally. Well, the, the problem is we don't know what her plan is yet. It doesn't matter. She's well, still it, going it behind his back. No, no, no. It, may it not doesn't be matter. A manipulative it, it, your plan. intentions do not matter if someone tells you, leave me alone. You're, if, but she has left him alone. No, she hasn't. She's not talking she to him. She is literally working with his allies behind his back to influence him again after he told Maybe. her to fuck off. We don't know what the plan is. We don't know what sure. the plan is. Sure. Okay, you know what? We'll get back. Let, let's move on. We'll get back to it when her plan is revealed. Sure. But, like, the the idea that this isn't about Rand, I think, is insane. It, it is, is truly about Rand. In, then, 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 then what are you arguing about? I don't understand what the, you're... Like, I, I literally don't understand. I don't understand what your point is, then. You know that it's about Rand. You know that she's going behind you his back. You just want Kat Swain to go away. I don't want Kat Swain to go away. I want her to grow. And she's not. She did. She do, She fully admits that she was wrong. No, she doesn't. Because I'm going to read the fucking yes, quote to does. you. Yes, she does. No, I'll read it to you. She's like, I bungled this one, is her words. <clears throat> she she says that. She fucking says that. And I'll fight you on that. Uh, James Smith, thank you for the super chat. She lowered her hood and joined the wise ones, seating herself on the floor, eschewing cushions. She looks early in the eyes. I have failed, she said. Yeah. The wise one nodded as Fucked if she up. thought the same thing. Kat Swain forced herself not to show her her annoyance. 
There is no shame in failure, Bayer said, when that failure was the fault of another. Sure, that's not the part that, that I'm talking is the about. Pro- but the problem is that even in this scene, that even in this scene, mm-hmm. they are still saying, well, it's not really your fault. The caller, not her fault. Definitely. But she says she bungles it. Uh, there is, that she, like, that is, like, her words verbatim was, was bungle. She fucked it up. I know, but saying, saying. She admitted to failing. She admitting to fucking up. Saying I have that failed. That is huge growth. Saying I have failed is not the same as saying, hey, maybe I should have respected. Maybe the reason why I failed is my fault. But I think bungled is like you a, can a fail and have done everything in your power to do the right thing, and this this, this isn't that. Yeah, but Kathleen she says didn't... I fucked up. No, she doesn't. She says I have failed. I'm talking about earlier in this chapter. She says bungled. It it is earlier in this part. She does. She goes to the wise ones and she uses the word failed. But earlier in the chapter, she's like, I really bungled it with the kid. Like that's that that I'm that not making that sound up. Like that's swing to me. I, that is in the book. Although I don't know which, what's the chapter number? We're in like There's no like dialogue here. It's all, it's all just, yeah. No, it's, it's when she's like walking to like, uh, the inn, I'm pretty sure. Like she, she admits that she fucked up. I just think. And I think that that is important. I found this very frustrating. I I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I find I find this very frustrating, and I, I I don't really understand what you're arguing. I feel like you're trying to make excuses for Cat Swain in the situation no, in a way I, that I, I legitimately don't understand. I'm not trying to make excuses for her. I I am admitting to where she's wrong and where she's being a shitty person. But also, like I think you're just coloring all of her actions with that. What do you mean coloring her actions with that? Like everything that she does is like terrible. Right, like you expect her to just go away and pretend that the that the last battle's not coming and leave Rand alone, whereas like she can't, and I I understand that, and I don't like fault her for that. I think the problem with your argument is that it presumes that Cat Swain is so much better than everyone else that she has to do this. Well, no, I don't. And like you're you're making space for her argument that she is the best and so everyone not, should do what she says. She's not the best. She is but not the best. But that's what your argument leads no, to. No, no, mm-mm. That Absolutely she should be doing not. this behind Rand's back no. because she can't ignore the last battle and it's Cad Swain to die. No, no, no. I that is not what I'm saying at all. The, but but then You are you are you are definitely putting why, this in my mouth there. She, I'm saying, I understand why she can't leave. I'm saying I understand why she's still there. Because I would do the same thing. If I thought the fate of the entire world was at stake, mm-hmm. the whole fucking world, yeah. I wouldn't just go bury my head in the sand about it. Uh, James um, Smith, thank you for the super chat. Ketsuane is the best. Smith. That is very much not true. <laughs> Arzu, thank you for the super chat. Nerdy, I agree with you 100%. Thank you. And uh, Glenn Peterson says, are the wines ones not permitted to speak with anyone they choose? Give Ketsuane a break. I'm not going to give Ketsuane a break. I'm sorry. Uh, for crying out loud. I, I'm not going to. She's 300 years old. She should be better at this. And she, it's exhausting. I, I agree, yeah. It's it's exhausting. Like this character is an exhausting mess of a woman who is supposed to be smarter than this. And the fact that like she can't see that her she she, the problem with the I bungled this Mm -hmm. is that she doesn't know why, and she's making the same mistake again. And it's it's tiring to for her to keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. I mean, she's trying to figure it out. And and I hope she does. But working behind someone's back with the allies after you've been that's not the way to do this. And like I'm telling you now, in real life, if someone tells you to fuck off, don't mm-hmm. go to their friends. 
that that it's not a good look. It makes you look like a like a creep. If someone tells you to leave them alone, at least give them a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like Kat Swain is going about this all wrong. I think in and like she's gonna get her fucking head cut off I, if she doesn't I, be careful. I definitely think that in a normal situation in a normal world, hundred percent. I think that the circumstances for this make that so wishy washy and gray. But that's only if you think that, like, Kat Swain is so smart that she should manipulate Rand. But I I, like, I, but I, don't know why you are conflating those two things at all. Because you're saying, like, oh, I understand why she doesn't need to learn her lesson here. What? No, I'm not. But, what? No, I'm not. No, no, no. But, but my point is, like, <sighs> she is very clearly not changing her ways at all. Maybe. I don't, we don't know what her, like, her intent, her intentions thus far have kind of been to, like, bully Rand into, like, doing a certain thing that she wants to do. But then she decides that, like, that maybe instead of, like, strong-arming him into what she thinks is best, she's going to present the information and opinions that she has to his allies to then see how they feel about it, maybe bring them to him, maybe not. Like, there's, there's a whole lot of information here that, like, we don't have. And Rand is also not well. Like, if you have a friend who's maybe in the middle of some shit and you fuck it up, right? And they tell you, fuck off, like, I don't want to see you. You can still go to their friends and be like, hey, I'm, I'm worried about this person. I'm worried about this person. Please keep an eye on them. Like, I am still on their side, even if I fucked up. And that's what she does. She says, I failed. Okay. If the plan is not an attempt to manipulate Rand... I will agree with you. And which but it might be, and I, I, that's why I'm saying we don't I have don't. all the information here. Al Gage, I think that Kat Swain should <laughs> have gone so to much. the Dagobah system. Failed, she has. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, that that's a good point. Kat Swain would be more interesting if she had someone she could talk to. Well, and I was hoping that we'd get more with Sulin yeah. that was on Sulin. screen. Soralia. Soralia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Sor- you, are, Soralia. you are just having, you have the your name, own headcanon of what is going on in this book today. Yeah, I know. Masima's showing up. Ketsuane and Sulin are having like huh. girl talk. Like- I know, I know. Honestly, <laughs> give me give me more of Sulin. Bring Sulin back. Um, but yeah, I, I was really hoping Ketsuane and Soralia would be more on the same page on screen and we would get to see more of that, which we did a little bit with the Simraj interrogation thing kind of for a moment. That's true. Yeah, but yeah. their relationship, I'm actually like super interested in and I want more. I want more of that. I agree. I but just we'll see. We'll I see. wish that Soralia held her to task here a little bit harder. Because I, I, I really, I, I find my years but you can't have toe for the fault of another bullshit here. I, yeah. I, I think like, the, I, th- I honestly, I think that, I think what you're like, there is no shame in failure when that failure was the fault of another. I think that that is a child's way of looking at failure and by your really, I think by your really lets down Ked Swain here by yeah. letting her letting her feet off the fire. And I think that that's tough because to me when I read that it felt like they were talking specifically about the Adam. And so I was like, well, it's true. That wasn't, it was a failure on Ketsuin's part, but it wasn't, that wasn't necessarily her fault. But the pro- but that's the problem is that that's not why she got exiled. Uh, I mean. Do you know what I mean? Like it is, it is the, it's it. the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. But the, the, the camel's back was near breaking because of Ketsuin's actions. Yeah. And by year, this, this like bastion of intelligence here gives her an out to not realize that it is all of her disrespecting and, and, and treatment of Rand that led to the point where the Adam was the breaking point. Yeah. Because if Ketsuin and Rand had a half-decent relationship mm-hmm. and a Forsaken broke her box, she'd be like, dude, I'm doing my best against the Forsaken here. Like, what do you want from me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but there, there, there was, there was so this, the, the sliver of trust between them was so thin because of her actions. hundred percent. And Bayer gives her an out in this, and that is the line that made me the most frustrated of this whole chapter. Because that's fair. That's fair. I wanted the wise ones to be like, "Yeah, you did this," and because mm-hmm. um, uh, Sorlia kind of does, right? But Bayer gives her this. Bayer gives her the out that is really disappointing to me. Yeah, and that I thought I just, the wise ones were mature enough to not re- do. Yeah, I I read it as like talking about a specific thing, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So let's um move on to the other half of this, uh. Or no, into uh. Wait, where are we? Oh, we were in that was thirty. No, thirty's Galen. Did we jump around? Oh, uh, I think maybe we jumped to Catswain oh, too early. Oopsie did. doopsie. Sorry, let's go back to chapter thirty. Oopsie that was doopsie. chapter thirty-one. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that a great conversation, y'all? <laughs> Um, I do love when people are like, guys, you guys need to move on. And I'm like, I'm having a great conversation. I don't know. This, uh, this it's is tough what's to move on when we're actually talking about something. Yeah. You know? I And that's the thing is like, if when people just want us to agree all the time on everything, I'm just kind of like, well, that's kind of boring. It's kind of fun when like, we have very different takes or interpretations of the material. When we argue so little that when we do argue, I actually do enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, we, we never really fight about, like, life stuff. We did a little bit yesterday. We had a little bit of an argument in the car yesterday, but... Um, yeah. which Which stood out to me only because I was like, we never do this. this yeah, is weird. this is so weird. I know. Um, I also... My favorite thing about the way that we argue, though, is we kind of, like, hit a point where we're like, ah, all right, that's over. And then we just both... Like, yesterday, well, yeah. I was like, so what are we watching when we get home? And it ended the argument. Well, yeah, because it's like... Like, we're, we're two different humans. We're yeah. never going to always be 100% on the same page, right? I don't know. I, that was an interesting conversation to me. Um, yeah. Glenn Pearson, thank you for that super chat. Uh, Rand is a little insane at the moment. It's pretty hard to show him respect you're talking about. He's not particularly easy to predict. That's bullshit. That's I, fucking... I'm sorry, but I'm Glenn, I'm going to call you out. That's bullshit. I definitely don't agree that you can't show him respect. You can absolutely respect someone and not call them boy after Semiraj has attacked them and made them choke out their own girlfriend. Uh, and yeah. you, you can definitely show your friend respect after they've been attacked by the Dark One while they were in the middle of a heroin moment with the true power. Like, like I actually y- think your that point there is actually very harmful, uh, an idea, and I, I think that you should reflect on it. I, I think that Rand actually was perfectly justified in his reaction of what happened in that moment. Like, I think, like, the consequences for Ked Swain in that moment, definitely justified. Like, that doesn't feel like Rand being crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I appreciate the super chat, but I think that just because someone is having a hard time does not mean that they deserve less respect. And I think that that kind of thinking is what leads so many people to say things uh, like that about homeless people, right? The, The unhoused we're like, oh well, like I, I don't, we can't help them there because they're no, fuck that. They they still deserve respect. Everyone yeah. deserves human decency. Yeah. And Ketsmin doesn't treat anyone else like a human a lot of the time, except kind of Soralia, like in yeah. these like moments. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um. Yeah. So we're we're back with Gawain. Yeah. And uh, Gawain is like, hey, we need to go fucking rescue Egwene, and Elaine is like, no, 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 we're not gonna do that. She mm-hmm. doesn't want us to. Yeah, it's really too bad. Oh, I'll think about it. Yeah. I'm going to interrogate you about all of Andor's fruit orchards now. I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean? What? Why? What the fuck? Of course Lelaine wants to... Uh, th- this made the most sense to me. This was great. I thought this scene was fucking, like... This, it was this just is... one of those things where I was like, there's fucking bigger issues here. Not to the ice to die. That's their whole problem, right? This is the whole problem with them. Is True? they want to manipulate each... They want to manipulate everyone down to the minutiae. Yeah. Because they're they're manipulative. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, any information is something that the Aes Sedai can then use to their advantage. I was just kind of like, oh my god, poor fucking Gawain. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so yeah, he gives some information and then goes and meets Gareth again. Yeah, I I, I like this taxes scene, um, and I, I like that we were in uh, Gawain's head for it because I, I feel mm-hmm. like it really pointed out like Gawain is really like trained to be an Andor and isn't trained for much else. Yeah, and I think right. that that is kind of a fault of maybe Gareth and Morghais. Yeah, he he is he. But he, throw it out there. Yeah, he's clearly built for it. My question is why why is Lelaine so up on the taxation rates of Andor? Why does she have time to know all this shit? She's pulling out very specific examples, and I'm like, God damn, Lelaine must have come into that meeting with fucking like documents because she's yeah, pulling some yeah. shit out of her ass that I'm like, Why do you know that? I get, yeah. I what get about it. the uh, what about the taxation of the cherries in the They're northeast? The, the, I mean, the fuck are, what the fuck are we talking about? They Why? are the sp- spy eyes and I. Oh, for so, sure, for sure, for sure. But yeah, she just like pulls out a notepad and is like, hmm. So, I but I, I I'm not gonna lie. I was reading this and I was like, um, you you know nothing's growing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are no crops. There's no fruit in the fruit orchards. I, I don't know that I don't know that there's going to be much taxes because like grass isn't growing, let alone cherry fields. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, so uh, I, I wanted Gawain to be like, I think that she's going to probably lower taxes given the climate of the fact that no one can grow anything. Yeah, probably. I kind of wanted that scene, but it's fine. We, we, what we got was Gawain's internal monologue, uh, which is really interesting because he goes to see Gareth and is like, we got to go do the thing. And Gareth's like, no, we're not doing the thing. We're not doing the thing. I'm also, sorry. tell me all the secrets of the younglings. And Gawain's like, I can't do that. Yeah. I like ha- have... I have some care for these people. I respect the fuck out of him here. Yeah. Until it gets people killed. And then you're like, oh, fuck. And that's, that's when it sucks, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. But, like, yeah, Gawain just handing them over for Egwene, I think, would have been kind of cheap. Um, well, and in, in Gawain's defense, there is a world where this all ends before the big fight between the younglings and Gareth Bryan's army happens. And then there's no, there's no problem, right? Because the younglings just get folded in. Yep. Because if 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 Egwene becomes the Emerald Seat, she's the Emerald Seat. Like it's done. Yeah. Now does will that happen? Doubt it. But I, I'm I'm starting to think more and more that Egwene does not end the series as the Emerald Seat. If anything, like yeah. I think she just retires. The one thing that I kind of think Egwene's tired. The the one thing that I kind of hate about this is mm-hmm. Gawain is like I'm gonna rescue Egwene and I'm gonna take her away from here. Yeah. And I'm like the fuck you are. What do you mean? Like, he, he believes he's literally, like, a knight in shining armor, and she's going to go with him wherever he wants to. Yeah. I'm like, well, you're in for a rude awakening. To be fair, Gawain is under the impression that she's going to have her head cut off. They, they, like, it, yeah. This is, this is a situation where the crime that Gawain that is... She's just taking is, away all of Gawain's agency. Oh, yeah, she's going to want to come with me. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Yeah. Except in this... Sorry, my ear. Um oh. Sorry, I just get, like, random little tinnitus. Yeah. Um, getting old sucks. Uh, years of in-ears in musical theater. It yeah, does damage. Um, the Gawain's, Gawain isn't in a position where he's trying to take her away from something that he understands. He's, right. he's shown up to these women, the Salad Barbarians, have forced her to commit a crime that she's going to be executed for. He's trying to take her away from the hanging block. I don't think she... Like, it, it, I don't think he's trying to take away her agency here. She's in prison. She doesn't have agency, and she's about to be murdered in his eyes. Yeah, It but, isn't quite... But also, Gareth is like, what makes you think she's going to want to leave with you? 
And Gawain's like, she will. Oh, I, I, I agree with you, but we have so much knowledge that Gawain doesn't have in this scene. He just seems like very white knighty. And I agree. That's why, like I said, I, I actually relate to Gawain in a lot of ways. But like this moment just had me cringing a little because he just assumes he's going to ride in, save the day without a full understanding of the situation. And that Egwene is going to do whatever he wants to do because sh- he saved her. But but he but he has enough information to know because he was raised and he's he knows Aleda, he has more information than I think you're giving him credit for. Where he knows that the crime she is currently in captivity for carries a death sentence. Oh, and he knows that like the Salad Barbarians manipulated her into that situation. Yes. Like, and that's that's what I, I, I like. I understand why he feels that that way. It just feels very like I don't give a shit what Egwene wants. I'm carrying her away from here. The, the, the tough thing for me about Gawain here is that. Gawain is the one person who is looking at this rationally because Aleda mm-hmm. isn't doing what she is supposed to be doing with Egwene. Aleda is supposed to have killed Egwene. And so because she hasn't killed Egwene, yeah. this situation is weird because Gawain is right. She is supposed to be murdered or executed for the crime that she's committed. Mm-hmm. And she just isn't being because Aleda has decided that she's a novice and she can't be held at fault. But Gawain can't know that Aleda has decided that she can't be held at fault. So <laughs> Gawain is trying to save her from an execution yeah. that should come but isn't. Yeah, but the, he thinks she is going to die and yeah. is trying to save her from death. There, like, I, but I don't, he's also not listening to the people around him who are like, maybe she doesn't want to go with you, maybe she doesn't want to be rescued. But, the, but their reasoning doesn't make any sense because they don't have the knowledge. The problem I mean, is that he's like, they're Egwene. going to kill Egwene. Yeah, but they don't know why Aleda hasn't killed Egwene yet either. Egwene doesn't know why Aleda hasn't killed Egwene yet either, no, right? and Egwene has told them. And so... 100%. I, I, I think that they are... I think that Gawain is in a really tough position here because he is working with an understanding of the world that is different for reasons that nobody really understands. Totally. And that, that's that's why it's so, it, it, it's so wishy-washy gray. But mm. I'm just like, in this moment, like, my reaction is like, oh, my God, just fucking, like, maybe ask Elaine what she wants before you're but, like, but I'm she, going to he, force her away. He no, I know. I know. And I, that, like, I think the problem is that he's it's, just not being open to the idea. He's like, no, no, I am going to take her away. I'm like, okay, I think, well, well, calm down there, buddy. I like, think that if he was having the same conversation with Egwene and had the same outcome, mm-hmm. I would agree with you that it's White Knighty. Mm-hmm. I think that because it's with Gareth Bryan, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really think it is here. I think mm-hmm. that I think that No, he believes truly from the bottom of his heart that he is saving Egwene's life. And I 100%. think I think that he is looking at these people and going, Y'all are Y'all are being, you're acting insane. Like, yeah. why are we acting insane? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't This get isn't it. how the world works. Yeah. And it's because Aleda is behaving so erratically. Yeah. And everyone is, everyone is reacting to Aleda's erratic behavior mm-hmm. that, that Gawain is, and, and I think that Gawain and Galad have a little bit of the, like, they're so, they're like arrows pointed at a, at a target, right? They don't deviate from their path. Oh, you mean their upbringing they're, has been like you have one function in life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so because of that, they they see the world the way they understand it. And when the world shifts around them, I think that they both have had a really hard time adapting to that. It's funny. Both of them see the world in absolutes, but Elaine mm-hmm. hated it in Ga- Galad. Uh, Glad Peterson, thank you for that super chat. He says, and yet Ga- Gawain won't acknowledge either Egwene's Aes Sedai status or Elaine's status. 
I think that he would as soon as he met either of them. But he's just hearing rumors, and Gawain doesn't handle rumors well. <laughs> Clearly, no, no, with the Rand no. and the more gay stuff. Gawain does, yeah. Rumor, rumors are going to be the fucking downfall uh, of of Gawain for sure. Like he, he can't handle it. Ildrum says, uh, but he's refusing to listen to people telling him his understanding is wrong. Because they can't tell him why. Yeah. And yeah. this is a big thing of being like, nope, that's not how it works. Why? Can't tell you that. Well, then I'm not going to change my worldview because you say so. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have, like, and the, part of the problems in Wheel, with Wheel of Time for communication is that so many characters don't understand the whys of why anything is happening. Mm-hmm. That they, they, everyone is having a hard time changing their point of view because they they can't see why. It's the same thing with that long conversation we just had about Cat Swain, where because Cat Swain doesn't see why she failed, she only sees herself as having failed. Mm-hmm. She is not changing her methods and, and moving forward. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. Because Lelaine and Gareth can't l- tell G- G- Gawain why the situation is different. Yeah. Gawain is struggling to change his point of view because why is so somebody, important. Honestly, somebody should fucking travel Gawain to Elaine in Andor. A thousand like, percent. Like, this, yeah, yeah. it would solve, it would it would help so fucking much. And there's enough Aes Sedai that can travel, right? Like, well, not and, everybody and even, can. Because Gawain would be like, no, I need to be here for Elaine. And Gareth can be like, I can have you there and back in two hours. Two hours. L- literally. Just go say hi, right? Yeah, yeah. Go, go say hi. Maybe you should stay with Elaine. Maybe yeah. there's a situation where that... Is the, yeah, I I definitely I definitely think that Gawain needs to go have a conversation with Elaine, mm-hmm. but um I have a feeling that's not gonna happen. Uh, the best part of this chapter absolutely is the end of it when uh Gareth Bryan reveals the, the 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 conversation about Gareth Bryan revealing that even he really questioned allegiances during um the the Io War. Yeah, uh, Gareth ha- Bryan is. He's, he's character. He's, he's character. I love him. Fantastic. Yeah. And this is also, we already touched on this. We don't need to get back into it. But the conversation where Gareth is like, you need to make choices. Mm-hmm. You you do not have the luxury of being a foot soldier. Yeah. You, 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 have, to, uh, you have to be better than that. You have to use your fucking brain. And I, like that whole conversation was fantastic really well written mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's just tough I, I this this chapter was tough because like i see what you're saying about agency but also from gawain's perspective it's like she's gonna she's be gonna killed. die like, yeah yeah it, it's not like it's not like he's like trying to change her choice mm-hmm. he's like no she, they're gonna they're gonna cut her head off yeah like what what, what what are we talking about agency they're gonna cut her head off there's i would rather give her the option to live the rest of her life and come up with agency later and maybe i ignore her agency for a moment as opposed to her dying, and then she who, who yeah. a corpse doesn't have agency. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe you have a will, but like a corpse doesn't have any agency. And so from God's perspective, he's like, "What? What are we doing here?" Yeah. And I, I, I get it. I, I don't think he's right. I just, I get it, and I feel bad for him. Yeah. But I have the benefit of knowing what's going. I, I have the benefit of knowing that Gwen is crushing Aleda. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so it, it's tough because like if we didn't see anything that was going on in the White Tower and they were like, we're going to kill Egwene and he did like, yeah, go fucking save the girl. Yeah. It's only because I know what's going on in the White Tower that I know that that's wrong. But like, Gawain doesn't know that. Gawain only knows that Gawain she's being held for know. a crime that isn't her fault <laughs> yeah, yeah, that carries a death sentence. That's yeah. all the information he has. And nobody can tell him that those things aren't true. They can yeah. just tell him, but don't worry about it because reasons. Yep. Fuck that. Fuck reasons. What are reasons? Tell yeah. me the reasons. Uh, we tar- This is 31. I promise Luce Theron. We already talked through Cat Swain. Uh, unless you guys... That chat, do you want us to go through the Cat Swain conversation again? <laughs> I, we can. We can go through the Cat Does anyone want that? 
Um, no, uh, nobody we, wants that. Can we make a poll in chat no. on whether we want to go over the cat's and stuff again? You would have to do, no, fuck off. I'm no, kidding. No, cat's goes to her I'm inn, kidding. which is too nice. Because it's some rich fuck who retired. Who and doesn't take to money. It. He just gives alcohol. This place w- to her. To her. No, he. The, no, she's like she. He doesn't. She. He doesn't take money from anybody. No, otherwise he would be broke. He. No, he's so rich. No, he's not giving shit away for free. That inn would be packed at all hours of the and day. This is what I was saying. No, it's only Cat Swain who gets it for free. No. I. I don't know if that's true. No, 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 no. No, there's no fucking way that this guy is like, yeah, I run an inn that doesn't make money, and it's a fucking charity. Like, I, <laughs> there's there's absolutely no way. Um, I'm, yeah, no. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold to that one. Yeah. Um... But yeah, she she hands over coins, and he's like, no, no, you you no, don't 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 worry about that. But like, there are other people in the inn. Mm-hmm. He just, I love that he doesn't even hire like serving people to help him out. He's like, no, but then I wouldn't be able to do it myself. I'm like, oh my fucking god, this guy. He also wears like silk. No, no, this says, perhaps that was why his common room was often empty. An innkeeper who had no regard for money was a strange beast. Many of the common men would find Quillian as discomforting as the immaculate floor and tasteful decorations. Yeah, but that's not saying he gives everything away for free. But it's saying that everything's super cheap. His place should be packed. This is the kind of place I want to fucking drink. You have good wine and it's cheaper than it should be? Uh, Let's fucking go, dude. You and I are going to be best friends. But it's too clean. Hey, wipe your fucking shoes off before you come yeah. to the bar. I love that. I love that he yeah. did that. And this dude was like, uh, shit, okay. There's a bar in New York where you're not allowed to wear your shoes inside. And I love it. It's gorgeous. Hmm. It's very expensive, though. So I mean, fair. I, I, I could get that. Yeah. Well, because in the winter, like... I don't understand people who wear their shoes in their house. Well, and it, it is... It, it, they're, they're, that's very common in Japan, and I loved it. But don't Because they you have... sit on the floor, so... That they wear their shoes in their house and then sit on the floor? No, no, no. In Japan, a lot, in a restaurant, like public places, yeah, you'll oh, take your sorry. shoes off because you sit on the floor. You were saying that people in their homes wear their shoes and they sit on no, the floor. No, no, no. No one wears their shoes in a house. Yeah, no, no. No, 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 no. 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 The, the, one, the one tricky thing that we had when we were in Japan mm-hmm. is we, our dressing rooms, you weren't allowed to wear your shoes in your dressing room. So you would have to like take your shoes off when you got into your dressing room and then go on. Yeah, it was very weird. Huh. Yeah, it was strange. Even your show shoes? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah. That'd be annoying. You wouldn't wear your shoes on the mats. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to Rand. Rand is, uh, Rand watches Ketswain scuttle along the docks. Yeah. And is like, ah, I'm not gonna kill her. But she's like, there's no way he noticed me. He fucking noticed you. You're yeah. not, you're not subtle no. fucking at all, Ketswain. Um, and, uh, it looks like the grain distribution is going all right, because people are scared of the Aiel, but the problem is people won't go get the grain, because... They're scared of the Aiel, but yeah. whatever. They'll get hungry enough, Rand thinks, and he's probably right. Probably. Uh, so the Shanshan don't want to meet in this one place for a meeting because it's neutral. And so yeah. Rand is like, all right, Falma. Let's and take them like, to the, their greatest uh, defeat on yeah, this side of the ocean. The ever victorious army, you say. I was uh, like, Rand, you, you, you really want to goat them? And they, they take it, which I thought was weird. But, like, this is where Rand crushed them. I mean, I don't know. It is... In their territory, like, they've secured Falma hand over foot. Like, they're they're fine now. But, yeah, it is that, like, moment where I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of rude. I it, I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I thought that was very funny. I feel like, like it's They just, do agree to it. It's so. like Canadians being like, oh, yeah, yeah, America, we'll have the meeting at the White House. Remember when we burned that down? <laughs> 
Oopsie. <laughs> Twice. Um, Truly. Um, sorry about it. Not sorry. Sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> not sorry. Um, yeah. And then and Rand asks about uh, Lan. And uh, Nanive is like, yeah, he's actually in Salde. He's going to go fight. Salde. Yeah. Um, Go fight the blight. And Rand is like, oh, maybe I can use that to my advantage. His and death will be valuable to me. I was like, what the fuck? And Nynaeve is like, what the fuck? You guys are friends. Like, he, like, adopted you as a son almost. Like, in, yeah. in, in a lot of ways. And Rand is like, mm, yes, very useful. And I was like, you fuck. <laughs> cold. He's fucking cold. Yeah, but the thing that I, the thing that I dig about it. Is that Brandon saying like this is this is one of the few times where like the book told me that Rand had a huge change of position yeah. and then showed it to me in the next time we see him. Cause like there's a lot of times earlier where Rand is like, I'm so mad, men, let's go have sex. And this is the first time where Rand is like has like a devastating situation with the Forsaken. And the next time we see him, he does feel very different. Yeah. And I feel like Brandon Sanderson has written the character growth of Rand through this book mm-hmm. more distinctly than I think it was previously written. I think it's harder to see. I think Rand's character growth in previous books is a little bit more of a mishmash. And there's some times where he's, like, really sad. And then in the next scene, he's just, like, back to fucking men. And the, the one I really think about is after the the, the Kalendor moment with the Sanchin. And then he gets back to Kyrian and is like, men, I missed you. And I was like, yeah, he should be pretty devastated at the moment and he's not. Yeah. I, 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 I thought that Rand... The, the writing backs up the devastation that Rand felt in the scene with Semraj. Oh, a thousand percent, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I, I see you I see you in there. The arrogant worms. Nice, nice reference. Thank you for that. What? <laughs> the the song. Oh, yeah, yeah, and The White yeah. House, burn, 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 and we're the ones that did it. Yeah. It's a, it's a good song. It's a good time. Great time, even. Um, Colonel Sanders says, over 200 years ago, what have you done since? Uh, still not lost a war. Hey. Bring it. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, to 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 uh, first transparency, we we actually don't give a shit. Oh no! I just think I think it's hilarious <laughs> that like America has lost uh, the only Canada and Mexico are the only people America's lost a war against. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those weird facts. And now we're like the the allies were too closely tied as countries. Like um, Canada, yeah. the United States, and Mexico could not go to war now. Oh my god, no! It would be it would be so fucking disastrous for everybody. It's also why the history books are like skewed. For a little more, um, I don't know, harmony, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Rand is like, well, uh, let's go meet with Mila. Huh? I don't know what her fucking name is. Melisire? Melisire? Oh, Melis, yeah, Melisire? We got to go tell Melisire that Mayshawn Dubaris is dead. And he's like, yo, Melisire. Uh, you're a member of the Merchant Corps, so you're pretty safe. But uh, did the king send you a, a messenger? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, where's that messenger? She's like, I don't fucking know. I don't keep track of that. And he's like, you sure about that? And she's like, no, I, I do actually. I do actually keep track of that. Um, he died yesterday. I'm sorry about it. I don't. He he died yeah. of starvation, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we there was a moment like so when Rand gets to the city, she's like, you're going to get me that messenger. And she's like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Turns out he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. Who but he died like that coming? the day before Rand arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, convenient? I think not. Um, but I'm sure it won't come back. It won't come back in the reading this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that won't be relevant for the rest of the week. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's yeah, not a, it's don't not a don't even point. worry about it. Uh, definitely not going to be a pair. So Rand sends her to the same dungeon that that uh, messenger was locked up in. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a great way to get people to do what you want. Um, 
And um, yeah, we get kind of the the conversation of the week, I think, which is uh, Nynaeve being like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? And Rand is like, I, what do you want me to do? You want me to be sad about everybody? And Nynaeve says, like, this is going to kill you. And Rand is like, yes. What the fuck? Where the fuck do you think this is going? <laughs> Olivia's going to kill me in Shadar and Shadar in Shail Ghul in like the next few months. Yeah, it's going to kill. Like Rand is literally just looking Nynaeve in the eyes and being like, oh, you've caught up. Yeah, that that's where this, we're at. This was the part that uh, that got me. It's it's it is the it is the centerpiece of this book I think it is the yeah. it is the it is the turning point of yeah. the franchise this conversation like got me a little misty eyed yeah it's like oh fuck they're they're Rand is so fucked and like I hope that he's not like I want I want there to be a way for Rand to I don't know be human again only human again human again uh, but like oh, to be human again I just I feel yeah yeah, this this was it. This this is this is what is so important. No wait, no wait. Is that no? This is the moment where he like bursts. Wait, is this the conversation? No, no. Wait, I sorry. I think the conversation is. I think that conversation is later. Oh, is that after? After he, she brings him the information. Sorry. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, it was not in this chapter. Huh. It was in the later chapter. It's just so good a moment that we wanted to get there Sorry. immediately. That's my bad. No, that's fine. I, I'm i not going to lie. I, I finished the reading at three o'clock in the morning. And so it all kind of, the last few chapters blend together in my brain pretty hard. And also they're, they are for the most part interrelated yeah, despite yeah. the jumping around. So I, I think that that's fair. Um, um but uh, Rand, this is where Rand gets mad at her and is like, fuck off. Don't pull a cat's wing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and Nynaeve is like, well, okay, I don't want to be Cad Swain. I want to show Rand that I can help him. Who's the one person that he kind of maybe trusted? Moraine. What did Moraine do? And she, like, literally, like, fucking Sherlock Holmes is it out in her brain. Like, I could see the fucking, like, bubbles. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. Um, the bubbles of good. Nynaeve, the, the Dark like, One brings bubbles of evil, and Nynaeve yeah. brings bubbles of good. Yeah, and she was like, I have to do something to earn Rand's trust. Mm -hmm. It's not just enough that I'm there and that we grew up together. I have to show him that I am on his side. And um, I think that, like, not interrogating that person first, like, bringing, bringing it straight to him. Yep. And, like, being there for the information reveal is... The, the most the perfect way to go about it. So And the fact that she's capable of things no one else is capable of. And I also love that this scene did not go the way that I thought it was going to go, even though it was a win for Nynaeve. Oh, it definitely went the way I thought it was going to go. I didn't anticipate them getting the, like, uh, candle maker dude, chandler, whatever. I don't, I had never seen that word before. Mm -hmm. um, chandler is not a word that I'm familiar with. Um, yeah. But, um... Yeah, it did not it's go the way that shandles. I thought it would go, but it it worked out. She like gets a bunch of soldiers. Yeah, she's like, "Who's not on duty? Great, you're coming with me. Uh, go get that person. The head of the house always knows what's up." This poor old lady. Turns out she does. She wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, "Uh, yeah, no, I I can I can show you where that is. Yeah, sure, let's go." I do love I do love though that she's like in a robe and she's like, "What do you want? What do you want me to do?" I also love okay. that. Okay, can I put a can I put clothes on? Can please? I put clothes on? Nynaeve, Nynaeve is like, "I'm Aes Sedai and I can't lie to you," which is technically not true. Not true. <laughs> but makes for a really interesting dynamic between mm -hmm. the two of them. Very fun. And she's like, I'm not, I'm, I don't think you're guilty of anything. I'm no. not here to like hound on you. I need you to help me out here. They go, they find the prison, they find the like personal jailer, I guess. 
Yeah. I don't know what like the profession exactly is called, but he's it's a guy who interrogates. He's like, but he's not a white cloak questioner. I don't think he's that. like a torturer. Yeah, so I thought questioner. questioners were just specifically two white cloaks. Anyways, uh, maybe matter. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so they find Milliser, um, who's in just the most horrendous conditions after one day, which is kind of how how quickly weird. into this section were you like, hey, the one power what was do you mean? involved. Involved well, like, in what? Like they got like he's or. or the guy's like he she he died. It was super weird. Like it didn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, it was magic. And Nynaeve's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, it was weird. It didn't make any sense. She's like, but did you fuck up? And I was like, Nynaeve, you're working against the Forsaken here. Maybe consider the fact that this has been infiltrated. And yeah, then it's she not does. until she but no, no, it's not until she's like, oh, m- 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 what the fuck is her name? Miss Millicer. Millicer has been poisoned. Oh my god, it's been infiltrated. I was like, I figured, I feel like this should have been the first like thought. I, I think that it was more just like, you got to make sure that these people are not lying first. You know, like, definitely, mm-hmm. like, the one power is a possibility, but you also got to make sure that these people aren't just trying to save their own asses, right? And which true, is, yeah. Which is why she, like, she tells them, yeah, fine, I'll fucking let you go, you pieces of shit. Yeah. Uh, but I need the information. Um, oh, Craptacular says the correct job is torture-doing guy. Torture-doing guy. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for the official uh, And Samantha A says Nynaeve equals best girl. Uh, Nynaeve is best woman. Um, <laughs> she doesn't like the word girl. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so find her here. Um, mm-hmm. She also sets up the stage really well because those guys are able to capture the guy who runs away. Like, all the, yeah. all the bases are covered. Like, Nynaeve is fucking learned from Ebudar and Tenchiko. Like, she's she's on her fucking A-game here. Yeah. Um, and she finds out that Milisar has been poisoned by the, like, apprentice dude. Um, and she's able to save her, luckily. Great. Awesome. And um, so they take the Chandler. That is that is that the word? Yeah, they take Chandler Bing. Chandler Bing. They take Chandler Bing uh, to, um, back to Rand. From Parks and Rec. Uh, they take him to... God damn it. How dare you? They take him to Rand. And Rand is like, why the fuck did you wake me up? Mm-hmm. And Min is in the scene and is basically a cat at this point. Yeah. Min keeps curling up on surfaces and falling asleep in these books. I relate. And I've realized that, like, Min, if, if Perrin is part wolf, I think Min might be part cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I relate so hard. Min is Min is tabaxi confirmed. <laughs> but, yeah, we... Uh, That's why she wears the tight pants. Um, yeah, tabaxi. Sense. She likes the feel of it against her rump. Don't like that word. Uh, chapter 33. Um, I think there's everything that's in that one. Chapter 33 is uh, Rand and, and Min, obviously. Conversation with the dragon. Yep. Yeah, so um, Nynaeve is like, oh, Rand is like, oh, he's been compulsed. What you need to do is do it backwards. Good luck. And she's like, the fuck? what? Okay. And so for the next hour, Nynaeve uncompulses Curb's brain. Um, and uh, Rand just kind of sits there staring and Min falls asleep. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, Min can sleep anywhere. This is such a high, this is such a high anxiety situation. I could not sleep here. I probably could. Like the dark one's compulsion is being pulled out of a man's brain for the first time in this age. I would be riveted. Yeah, I know. I probably I probably could fall asleep if I couldn't see what was going on. I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe not on purpose, but I relate. Uh, ah, fair. No, I, I I don't know. I would be. But you know me. You know how hard it is for me to fall asleep. Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. 
Um, I can't so, fall asleep in the dark by myself when I'm tired. Like yeah, and so Nynaeve does it. Yeah, she is able to remove the compulsion, and you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. And this is sad. This is this awful. is so sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the Chandler Chandler Curb uh, Chandler Bing's brother uh, from Parks and Recreation does uh, does get to say two words before he, uh, he dies. Natrin's Barrow. Yeah. Whatever yeah. the fuck that means. We I've never heard that before. He so. meant Matrim. Matrim. Um, yeah. It's actually Matt Coffin's asshole. Uh, Matrim's Barrow. That's where Grendel's been this whole time. Yeah. She, oh, it makes she so much sense. She pulled Ant-Man and she went up Matt Coffin's ass. She's just living in his just, rectum. Just waiting to oh explode out, you know, at the right moment. Um, well, that is the worst thing you've ever said. The worst? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Wheel Up Time says you'd sleep soundly too if you're getting that dragon dick. It is um, cute that you don't think I'm getting dicked down by baddragon.com. <laughs> baddragon.com for not, all of your getting dicked down by the dragon needs. Not a sponsor, but like, would they be should cool be. if they should. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. they should be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I really, th- like, this really broke my heart for Curb just because, you know, he. This was awful because he, we saw the we saw the like truly negative consequences of compulsion yeah. aside from just them making people do like the removing it like she took everything about him that made him who he was a thousand percent and yeah. er- and erased it I was like and That's and, and like the power of him pushing through to do this one last this one last two words you know to 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 stick it to her and and get his revenge in the tiniest way. Yeah. Like I respect that so much and it, it was heartbreaking to read, but um It was. And and this was the moment that like just was so upsetting cuz Nynaeve's like how how can you how can you do this? You should have told me whatever. And Rand's like what else do you expect me to do? I have to get the world to the dark I have to get us to the last battle yeah. and I have to die there. When it gets to this, this which I screenshotted, because it's one of my mm-hmm. favorite lines from this conversation with Nynaeve. Yeah. Uh, which is that Rand says, Rand just nodded. I do trust you, Nynaeve, yeah. as much as I trust anyone, more than I trust most. You think you know what is best for me, even against my wishes, but that is something I can accept. The difference between you and Cad Swain is that you actually care about me. She only cares about my place in her plans. She wants me to be a part of the last battle. You want me to live. For that, you have my thanks. Dream on my behalf, Nynaeve. Dream for things I no longer can. Yeah. Yeah, that was the line that I was like. Oh. <coughs> well, and Fuck. we were we we kind of talked about this conversation a little bit earlier, but like this is the this is the underpinning of I think the book right is the Rand has to go as far as he can for everybody else's sake, but he, it's not for himself. Yeah, and he he, he doesn't have nothing. a place in the story after the last battle. Yeah, and he knows that, and it's it's so heartbreaking, but it it really points to the naive naive the naivete of everyone around him. Being like, well, no, like, we'll find a way for you to survive. And Rand is like, we need to find a way to win. We can worry about finding me a way to survive after we know that there's a win condition, but we don't even know if we can beat the Dark One. Like, guys, I, I, my death is on the table until there, until anything else is on the table. But right now, there isn't anything else. Yeah. There, there, there's no other version of this. We have one thing that is going to happen, and we all have to be on the team for that. Yeah. And th- there's, there's a pragmatism in Rand. That is is really honest here, and and you know, and leaves naive speechless because she's like, how can I argue with that? Yeah. When the fate of the world is at stake, what what the fuck am I supposed to do for one single person? Yeah. Um, and it's a great conversation. Chapter thirty four. We're yeah. gonna move on because we have to. We're it's, we're two and a half hours. Legends. Just in case this book was starting to get too dark for you, 
Um, <laughs> we now get a community theater production this written was by the Matt other, fucking... This was the other Witcher fucking side quest. Because there's literally a Witcher side quest where he has to fucking like perform in a play. And I was like, oh my god, Matt well, went the, to the The quest where you school. have to like write the, get the lines right. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that oh. was, that, that, that mission mind. is awful. That mission gave me fucking hives. Because I was like, I don't know my lines. I didn't know I was starting the quest. I didn't know I had to fucking read the script. I've literally had nightmares about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like going on stage and not knowing what the fuck the show is. Like that, that was literally my I remember your stream of that mission. And it was fucking hilarious because it looked like you were in physical pain. I was. I absolutely was. I need to get that whole playthrough up on YouTube. But like, fuck. Do we have all of it? Yeah. Okay. Somewhere. Um, th- This Dang. is my favorite line from this though. Um... Wait, Matt, Mandoin says, I'm to be an apprentice gleeman? I'm not certain my singing voice is suited to find singing. And Matt replies, you're a new apprentice. Tom knows you don't have any talent, but he took pity on you because your great aunt, with whom you've lived with since your parents died in a tragic oxen stampede, took sick of the clever pox and went crazy. She started feeding you table scraps and treated you like the family hound, Marks, who'd run away when you were just seven. I'm like, I was I'm like, what the fuck am I reading? School. I know, I literally felt like I was in theater school. And it's like, okay, well, what's your character's backstory? Uh, well, my uh, family died. And then my aunt died. And I, well, and like, I was like, oh my I, god. I'm just it. kind of pissed at Brandon Sanderson. Why? Because Varen shows up and we don't get to see this play out. The, I know. The depths of this production were so fucking insane. I know. And I was like, please. For the love of God, go to the town and let me see this fall apart. Because yeah. none of... The, I just wanted the scene where these fucking idiot soldiers come into town and they're like, Yes, verily, I am a gleeman who learned the flute from my father who died when he was killed like, by the Dark One. Yeah, it's like when you're playing like a and d game with like new people who just want to spill their entire backstory. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm here. My my aunt died. Did you know that my aunt died and I feel this way about it? And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, But I I, I see that there's a lot of people in chat who don't like this, uh, and there are a lot of people in chat who do. And I, I think that Fair. this, whether you like this or not, I think this beat is important because I think the last scene is very, very bleak. And I think that some adding some levity here is very smart. Mm-hmm. I think it also does go too a little too far it's a little too goofy considering the last thing these characters experienced was the horror of hinderstep hinderstep um yeah hindrance and so i think the scene is goes a little bit too far in the other direction but i do i do welcome the comedy in the follow-up to rand being like i'm going to die die. and you need to accept it and your husband's probably also going to die and that's going to be good for me you know what i mean like it, it is a dark kind of you know situation and i think following that up with a beat of comedy that maybe goes a little bit too far is is good for the book as a whole yeah yeah no, I, I I I totally understand why it's there. I understand if it doesn't work for you. Yeah. I I do. I just from my personal lived experience, I thought it was fucking hilarious. And then Varen shows up and is like, "Hey, I can get you to Andor in two hours." And Matt's like, "Great, let's go." Yeah, I was like, "Thank fucking god!" <laughs> Thank fucking Thank god. god, it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're no longer on the road again. Yeah. Chapter thirty-five: A Halo of Blackness. Um. Which I was like, is this is this because Tuan's black? And I was like, oh no, it's because of this like patina that people keep seeing around Rand, which I think is the true power, maybe. But you're not supposed to see the Seems true power. Like the true power. But Rand also isn't using the true power, so I don't really know what's going I on. Don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know what that is. I think it's like more metaphorical. But I, 
but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe it's the dark one. Yeah, um, uh, we're gonna talk more about Varen when we get to whatever is happening. They just kind of like meet her and. Yeah, I have no idea the fuck Varen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, All right. It was good though. <laughs> I, I like Varen. Now that we know that she's probably not uh, Black Aja, she's just using compulsion on people. Yeah. Uh, this chapter, y'all, we've been building up to the conversation between Rand and Tuan, and Rand keeps talking about how important the diplomacy here is. And I'm not gonna lie. There's no diplomacy There's that no. happens. Neither of in them this even scene. tries. No. Rand goes to Falma and he looks up in the sky and he's like, hey, that's where um, my life was forever stabbed. changed when I got this wound that hurts every day. Um, and uh, he rides into the city. Tuan has hundreds of domain there. And Rand brings six people because he's like, I'm the fucking Dragon Reborn. Rand is and like, I, got the- I can probably take like 200 with this thing. We didn't talk about it, but he has, he has taken to riding around with the access key at all times. Yeah. Um, because if he's holding the access key and he has that temptation, he's not as tempted by the true power because he's two temptations at once and his ADHD won't let him choose between the two. I understand. It's like you. I understand. I I get it. I feel seen. Thank you. Our life would be better if I took all, if I took away your agency. No. If I was like, you don't have any more options. No, because here's the problem. You'd be like, we're doing this. And I'll be like, no, we're doing the exact opposite of that because fuck you. Yeah, but then I could just manipulate you into what I wanted you to do by getting you to do the opposite of what I wanted. I don't want to hear it. But like if we had fewer tea options, it would be easier for you to choose what tea you want. We have, we drink a lot of tea in our house. And if Claris is in the kitchen when we're picking what kind of tea we want to have, it's very hard for her. But if she's upstairs yelling at me, she just says peppermint because <laughs> she can't see the options in front of her. But as soon as yeah. I put the options in front of you, you just stand there and like. Yeah, I know I am literally a, the equivalent of squirrel. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, we have this one and we have this one and we have this one. Like, I fucking can't. Like, our life would just be simpler if Probably. I didn't buy options. But far less exciting, you know? <laughs> I, I think that you think it's exciting because you're not the one watching you stand there for, like, a full ten minutes not moving. Just like. Like, like it, it, it's like you got unplugged from the wall. And you're just like, and then later you like turn back on and you're like ready to go again. And I'm like, like I'm back. What I miss? My favorite is when you do it standing over top of me. I'll be like <laughs> sitting in a chair and Clarice will come over and say one thing to me and I'll yeah. respond and she'll be like, okay. And then she just glazes over and to be like fair, shuts I usually down. Like pick up my phone and I'm like working and I'm like looking up at her and she's just standing immediately over me, completely checked out of existence, like unaware that I'm even within three inches of her. Mm-hmm. And I will get up and leave the room and she will stay in that spot, just not moving. You're not wrong. That is, I, that I mean, is, it's a fact. That is fact. It's just hilarious. It's one of my favorite things about you. Um, sure. Okay. I, I find it hilarious when I walk into a room and you are not sitting on any of our comfortable sofas. You are just standing in a random location in the room like like a robot that turned off. And it happens, it, this isn't like every like once every six months. This is like sometimes twice in a day. I will just walk into a room and you will just be like. It's because I only exist when you're looking at me. Don't blink. <laughs> don't blink. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it's very freaky. Uh, so uh, Min isn't with him. No. Because their relationship the f- is destroyed. The first time uh, that she's uh, not insisted to go with him. Do you think they ever figured it out? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so too, but I don't know what you do in that moment, right? Because Rand has resigned himself to die. And like Min, I don't think is going to be able to do anything to 
convinced. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I feel very sad about it. I feel like a foursome will fix it. Uh, that would help. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I think that's fair. So then, uh, Tuan, uh, we cut to Tuan's point of view. And Tuan is like, Rand is so young. That's crazy. And I'm like, Tuan, you look like a child. Like, even Rand is like, oh, my God, that child. They both are looking at one another being like, oh, wow, they, they, they look so young. Uh, and then they have about a three-minute conversation and Rand leaves. Yeah, yeah. They say, like, you know, all of 50 words to one another. The, the, the negotiations are about as long as the negotiations at the beginning of The Phantom Menace. Fucking hate you. Oh Am I wrong? Rand is like, Rand is like, you know Matt from Cawthon? She's like, yeah, I do. He's my no. husband. And then she's like, he's a scoundrel. And Nynaeve is like, don't you fucking, <laughs> don't say shit about Matt from Cawthon. I will fuck you up, lady. And This I was, was like, one oh of those God. moments where I was like, I don't know that Brandon Sanderson read Robert Jordan's books. No, here's the thing. Nynaeve is allowed to be an asshole to Matt. No one else is allowed to be an asshole to Matt. Yeah, but. Like, she does not like Tuan. Tuan is, Tuan is not. Even that rude to Matt. And she's, she's just kind of like, he's a scoundrel. It. Yeah. Remember, Tuan married Matt. Like, she's not being that rude. I think the funniest Nynaeve part about... Nynaeve is telling her about her husband. I think the funniest part about this whole conversation is that Nynaeve had to be forced to apologize and say thank you to Matt. And was, like, on the verge of screaming in the in that moment yeah, yeah. of, like, being for, And then she, in this moment, is like, Matt saved my life. He's the best person in the fucking world. And I was like... Like, oh, okay. it was like Matt is Jesus in this moment. Where, like, because tu, Tuan, it's not even like Tuan was like, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's like, God, he's a scoundrel. I, I And I think that Tuan probably. Like, wash your name out of your filthy whore mouth. I feel like, I like oh, wow. Tuan also said it from the perspective of like, and that's why I get turned on by him. Like, yes. it wasn't even like necessarily like a, a criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nynaeve loses her shit. Yeah, it's very funny. I won't shout, Nynaeve shouted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good times. What a callback. What a callback. Yeah. No, that was that was my favorite part of the whole scene is when Nynaeve just fucking loses her shit. Yeah. She's also wearing a very, like, pretty dress in this scene. Yeah, blue, I, which I, is weird. Well, I just love that, like, Rand comments on Nynaeve's fashion. And yeah. I was like, oh. This is like, normally we have, like, characters observing other people's fashions, mm-hmm. but, like, not in, like, not thinking anything of it. And Rand is like, wow, it's really interesting mm-hmm. that Nynaeve travels around to all these places and she steals their fashion and makes it into something she deems appropriate. I was like, okay. Uh, and uh, this is another instance. We, we get we get one of the things that I, I don't like in a lot of fantasy writing, um, which is people who understand that they're meeting with someone from another culture but don't understand why that person from the other culture doesn't understand their culture. And yeah. it's something that I don't think exists in real life. Tuan shows her age here. She feels yeah. like she's like 15. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Which I guess, whatever, she's 18. But there, not, yeah. there's an element of this where Tuan keeps being like, I can't believe he's interrupting me. Doesn't he know? And I'm like, no, he doesn't know that. And you know that he doesn't know that because yeah. you should be an intelligent enough character to understand that... Y- like, Especially after your interactions with Satel. And with Matt. Yeah. Who's from the same town as this boy. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's one of those things that f- fantasy writing will try to be like, these cultures are so different that they can't even, like, be in the same room with one another. Yeah. And... I I find that, especially when you're trying to, like, have the, be, like, the intelligent diplomatic characters, 
I find that to be grating at a certain point. And this series has a lot of it. Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, no, these they 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 know those people aren't from their culture. That that's what happens. You go you go to another person's meeting, and you understand that they're not going to behave perfectly with your culture because they're not from your like. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just I find yeah. I, I find it a tiresome <laughs> trope in particularly in fantasy novels and in science fiction. Science fiction does the same thing. Yeah, you go to another planet. Yeah. yeah. And they do weird things, and you're like, wow, they do some fucking weird things. I am gonna just think that they're trying to insult me when it's like, well, you, how would the fuck would you know that? <laughs> like. Yeah, I, but um, because because of the like, oh my god, they're so different. They they, they don't succeed in this diplomatic conversation in any way. Like, nothing productive happens here, and they're going to war. Yeah, yeah. She's like, all right, prepare to attack the White Tower. And I was like, oh, fuck. It's going down. And honestly, I'm just, I'm a little disappointed in Rand. Yeah, Rand made n- n- no moves to try and, like, concede. Like, his only concession was, like, oh, you guys can go to war after I'm dead. Like, that was, that was the close thing he made to, like, diplomacy here. Yeah, and, he, he and Tuan is like, you have to bow to me. And he's like, ah, oh, well, I guess this isn't going to work. I'm going to give up. I was like, oh, wow, you left real fast. Like, yeah. I, 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 it, it definitely undermines your power to, like, argue. But I think that the fate of the world is worth arguing over like this. I just think that Rand, Rand talks about oh, so the importance he, of does, this. Does he try to compel her? No. Because it felt like he did. I don't think so at all. She's like, I must obey, I must obey, I must obey. I think no. that was Tavirinus. Oh. But I don't think Rand channeled. I legitimately was like, oh my god, did Rand just compel her because they talked about compulsion in the earlier chapter with Nynaeve? I would be very disappointed if that was the case. It might be. But also then, no, because if it was, it would have worked. We've never seen anyone use the one power and fail. Like that, right? Well, unless he doesn't... He knows how to undo compulsion. Maybe he just doesn't... Maybe he's not very good at it. Like, Grandal's like, really good at compulsion. I don't know. I just was like... I think he might have tried to compel her. I think he was, like, pushing his severeness at her, and it failed. But I don't think he... If he used oh, so the he one power, he would have had to have, like, thrown up. No, oh, he, no, he is holding the one power. He's already holding it, right? He is holding the one power. No, you're right. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, he is. Yeah, that's why I was like, I think he might have tried to compel her. Officially, Sam, thank you for joining the NARC. Welcome, uh, welcome to the NARC table. Tuan being raised as heir to the Empire, lol, very funny, yeah. has made her incapable of understanding that other people might be her equal and have different opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah but just... that's that's such a, it is such a fantasy sci-fi thing of like, the king of this country doesn't understand other people well, and that I, I just, I find tiresome. I, I think it's in too, I think it's used too often. I think that also because Tuan has spent so much time here with people who have different views than her, I, I find it less believable. You know, when people mm-hmm. immediately get there and start making assumptions, I'm like, okay, I just think, yeah, Tuan had enough time to maybe think that these people don't understand the Sanchin customs. Like, she's like, you guys were supposed to be here and wait for the return for us so that we could all march together. And I'm like, the fuck? How did you expect these people? You had no contact with them. Yeah. I think for me it's that it's, it's I, I think it's one of those things where it's overused in this series, and so I find it tiring. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, everybody is like, oh, you don't understand Aiel customs. Oh, you don't understand Sifo customs. Oh, you don't understand Kyrian customs. Oh, and, like, because it is brought up with every single culture the same way, yeah. I, I just don't find, I don't find enough variety in the way that it's been used. Yeah. 
and that that that's just my feeling. I I don't think it's necessarily like bad. I just it just it's one of those things that like so many novels try and do that, and I think it undermines the intelligence of the character they're talking about rather than building the intelligence of the character that they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, uh, Glenn Peterson, thank you for that super chat. I think this is a scene where Rand is trying to in, un, to intentionally invoke his severeness. I I think that a lot of people interpret it that way. I just because he was already holding the power. And because compulsion was literally such a huge factor in their previous scene, mm-hmm. I I thought that he might have tried to compel her. And uh, maybe uh, maybe we find out for sure one way or the other. But like I yeah. like uh, I don't know. Uh, this this scene gave me like weird vibes. Yeah, it definitely did. And now Galligan has been instructed to attack the White Tower. So that's definitely happening in this book, right? I think so. Yeah. I think, unless oh, we wait, know no, the Towers next book of Midnight is called Towers of Midnight. It's called Towers of Midnight, so maybe. But there's like 500 more pages. Ah, good. What question. is it? What happens in this book? You know, can I uh, look? Let's talk about something. We're at the end. Of, that's the end. We got there. Well, we Rand did leaves. miss the Aludra's uh, dragons. Uh, oh, she's like, yeah, I Rand. need all access to all copper and all tin that uh, exists in the world. And I was like, wow, that's a big ask. Um, yeah. I, so, it's not, though. Those things are going to be fucking devastating. Look, if Perrin can find five tons of fork root. True. You know what? They're going to be fine. True, yeah. I'll, I don't think Aludra understands how much Rand will be able to provide for her. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something about this book that I'm feeling a little um, put out by. Okay. I'm loving the book. Okay. What is it about? Like, what is the what gathering is storm about? Like, if you had to, like, if you had to nail down what this book is about right now, what would you say it's about? Um. Obviously, it's the gathering storm. Like, I get that. Yeah. But, and I, you know what I think is making me feel this way? Is that it? we're bouncing around so much now. Mm-hmm. That, like, where, where the slog felt like these long sections where nothing was happening... This book feels like a bunch of things are happening in a bunch of different places. And I, I would really love for this to kind of congeal a little bit. Fair. Because every time I, I... I think that this week, more so than the previous two weeks of this book, every time I was, like, invested in a storyline, we moved. We switched. Yes, I did feel that. And and then sometimes we would move back to the thing that was interesting earlier in the middle of a chapter about something else. Yeah. And I, I think I'm feeling that a little bit here where it feels like this book is so burdened by getting this series back on track. Yeah. That some that this book is faltering in a couple of little ways. I'm still enjoying it. And I think the action of this section was really good. Mm-hmm. I think um, Matt in Hinderstap was like one of my favorite horror moments of the series. Yeah. I think the conversation between Rand and Nynaeve is one of my favorite like emotional like thematic moments of the series. Yeah. And I think totally. there's incredible things happening. But I, I felt I felt the POV jumping a lot this week. That is fair. I definitely noticed it as well. There was a moment where I was like, no, mm-hmm. in my reading. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because yeah, yeah. I fucking jumped POV. And I was like, God fucking damn it. Um, I get that. I, I totally get that. And I think that it is something that made me stop reading Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And I, I I am hopeful that I that I don't start feeling it as a negative. Right now... I'm very invested in, like, most of the storylines and everybody. Like, I'm, like, I want to know what's happening with everybody. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely would like a couple less 
threads. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think that's totally fair. Like as interesting as I found the Shimmerin stuff, I didn't I didn't need it. Well, it, I think having the, a way to sneak into the tower is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't need an I didn't need I another Gowan plot was line. Find out about it. Well, me too. I think he will. Yeah. I, I didn't need another plot line to do that though. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's kind of, I think that that's just kind of where I'm at, is I think that some of these plots need to end. And and Matt's plot with Varen ends, right? Now they have to go to the Tower of Genji stuff, which is them breaking off again. But like, Is Varen the third? Did you think they take to the tower to get Moraine? Ooh, I would like that. That would be cool. Varen would be a good third. Stephanie, um, Quintella, thank you so much for Stephanie. joining the Narcs. Although there is a lot of POV changes, as things happen, it, it is okay, I feel. I, I think it's okay. This this week I just felt it a little bit more than previous ones. Yeah. Um, Robin Sows. Welcome back to the Narcs. Thank you for joining the Narcs. Uh, I know all the side quests are a little frustrating, but the payoff over the next two and a half books it was well worth it. Patience will be paid events. I'm not impatient. I, I am enjoying this book. I think Gathering Storm is very, 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 very good. And I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I, I just felt the bouncing around a little bit more this week because... I, I And maybe it is the comedy of that Matt beat after the depth of the Rand beat. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more opposites. What's the word? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that part of the problem yeah. is that Matt and... I think that everyone else feels like they're lagging behind Rand. And because Rand is the A plot and everything else is lagging behind, mm -hmm. I think that that's where my feelings are coming from. That's fair. Yeah, I think that the that the timeline differences mm -hmm. are that that's also a little funky. Um, I'm also glad that like they keep bringing up more Rain in this book because you know she's gonna come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, and th this is this is a very mild criticism in a week that I otherwise liked a lot. Like we talked a lot about the Cat Swain stuff. I think it's very well written and it's very true to her character. I don't like her character very much yeah. as a person, but I like her character to read. I think she's an interesting part of the story now that she's not, you know, with Rand. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I found her very repetitive. But like this week ended the Aviana thing. This week actually ended a lot of things. And maybe that's why I'm feeling it, is there mm, were a lot of maybe. miniature climaxes that weren't very climactic in this week. There was right. a lot of plot lines that just kind of naturally fizzled to their end this week. Yeah. In a way that... Then I I think that the the things that were set up this week were more interesting than the things that happened this week, except for the Rand stuff, which was more interesting, um, but had kind of an anticlimactic moment with Tuan, where I just I wish there was a little bit more meat on the bone in the scene between the two of them. Yeah, I wish they both tried a little harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. ended with these two characters who both come to this meeting agreeing that the meeting is very important, not putting in the effort that I thought that meeting yeah, was worth. Yeah, and then it's three minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. But I, no, I, 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 I'm loving Gathering Storm. I, I like. I honestly like. I, I really think this book is quite fantastic. It, it's riveting. I'm always invested in the chapters. Yeah. And I love the way Brandon Sanderson writes the action. Yeah, we've got a lot of chapter reactions this week. Yeah, and 39, 40, and 41. Of, not a lot of reading. Like I think we're only reading three chapters. Wait, really? So uh, something like that. Well, we're reading 36. Um, oh yeah, we're only reading 36, 37, 38. And then yeah. we're reacting to we're reacting to half of the reading this week. I know you guys are getting spoiled. Oh, Make sure shit. you say thank you. Yes, if you've been gifted a membership, thank the well, person who gifted it. If you've been gifted a membership, but also there were there are a couple people who have commissioned extra reactions. Oh yeah, like it was Arzu and N Nisa. Nisa, Nisa. Yes. And Arzu and Nisa commissioned these ones. I couldn't remember who commissioned the previous one. Yeah. Um. Um. But uh, yeah, we'll probably honestly get on that like. My, Pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, so that, so that we can make sure that we have time for their reactions. But uh, not today, because I'm going to be streaming Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah! 
Let's go. It's over two and a half hours of listening. That's good to know. We'll probably take a break. Oh, we'll probably do it over three days. Right? We'll probably do one chapter a day. We could oh. do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, I don't know. I'd honestly rather like do it in the day and have a continuous story. We just take breaks in between if possible. But right. we'll see if we can work it into the schedule that way. All right. Uh, Jeremiah, thank you for joining the Narcs. Appreciate <gasps> that. Jeremiah's like, table. I'm not missing those audiobook reactions. Um, I'm going to be live. Yes. I'll probably be live at like four, y'all. I'll probably take two hours to like chill. He'll probably be on sooner because he really wants to play the game. But no, but I'm, I want I want food. And Arzu, thank you for five gifted membos. That's fair, that's Appreciate fair. that. Arzu, thank you so Arzu, much. Arzu, you're the best. Yo, uh, Clarice, do you want to do, um, do, do high-low? Let's do it. Yeah. Sorry, today was a little unhinged, but we had some like good chats. I feel really good about today's book club. I think that we're going to get some comments from people who didn't enjoy this book club as much. Um, and I think that this is one of the more fun book clubs I've had for me personally. I think the Cat Swing conversation, as much as we pushed each other in it, yeah. um, I, that, that, that was one of my favorite conversations I think we've had on the book club. Yeah. Yeah. I, care, I like it yeah. when we don't have the same perspective. Me too. I yeah. think it's interesting. Like uh, the, we're, we're all fucking like human beings. And I think that like having conversations that don't like devolve in a way that are like, mm -hmm. uh, informative like, like, you're like, I don't understand how you can see it this way. And I'm like, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, like, mad at you about it. But, like, it, it, I, I think that having those discussions about art is what makes art so interesting. Especially to, like, a, va to, to a, a, a variety of people. That's Especially right. when your opinions on Gowan are so wrong. Uh, this is high-low. <laughs> Uh, Asta, thank you for joining the Nargs. Welcome, Welcome to the Nerd Table. Uh, this is uh, the section where we commiserate over our lows, celebrate each other's highs, because this is what my family did when I was a kid, and um, my parents uh, made their third marriage work. So, gotta, I, I think it, it finally it finally worked, you know. Third time was the charm. Uh, my mom was going to hate me for that joke. Um, wow. I just find it very funny that both of my, my mom and my dad both it worked on their third marriage. Well, your mom went... I guess my mom's only technically mom, been married twice. But. Yeah, but she was engaged, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't... This is so dumb. Uh, Clarice starts with her high. I do my low. She does her low. I do my high because we compliment sandwich this book. Mm -hmm. Clarice, what was your high for these chapters? I feel very conflicted. I have two major highs. Mm -hmm. Cat Swain, just because she's your favorite character. No, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the one that made me a little teary. Mm -hmm. Uh, it has to be that conversation with Nynaeve and Rand where like, you know, Rand is like, you think I'm blind and like, I don't see where this is going, mm -hmm. but I, I'm going to die. There's no way out for me. And like Nynaeve is just like stunned. Like she doesn't know what to do. Right. Cause there's no easy fix. There's no easy answer. Like that moment, like was really moving for me and depressing, which is weird because it was my high. Mm -hmm. I just think it was so well done. Yeah, and very well deserved. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe, I think that's super Joe, duper chat. Uh, super chat. This was a great book club, y'all. Thank you. I recently rewatched your Eye of the World eps. Would love to see you react to them after a memory of light. We are going to be reacting to them uh, leading up to season two. So depending on when season two comes out, we are going to be rewatching the. Um, We're not reacting to our own book club. Oh, There's I no thought he was way. talking about season one. Oh, season one. Yeah, the show we're doing. The book clubs, I don't know. <clears throat> I, hmm, I, hmm. Somebody has apparently put together a, like, spreadsheet of big, of, like, important moments. And I think we might do, like, a reaction to some of the clips of the original book clubs. Yeah. Like, some, someone has, like, a predictions thing. So, we'll, like, watch our old predictions and see how right or wrong we were. 
Yeah, yeah. Apparently there's an Excel spreadsheet somewhere with timestamps. So we'll just like go to those timestamps. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Shit. Okay. Well, thank you, whoever has done that. Yeah, I can't. Someone, someone has, someone has that. I don't know who it is, but whoever did that, thank you. You're a wildly cool person. Yeah, that's really amazing. Um, um what, what's your low? My low. That's tough. As because even like this week is tough because even though I don't like the Cat Swain chapter, I get it, and like I don't think it's poorly written. Right. I just mm-hmm. don't. I don't. I don't like that she doesn't seem to be learning the lesson that I think that she needs to learn in order to be the person she wants to be. Mm. Um, so maybe that. I find it frustrating. Also, just Gowan just beating up those people and it working out. I, I, I thought that scene was just kind of... I, I thought it was kind of silly in a way I didn't quite like. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I think my low was that this final chapter felt kind of flat for me. Yeah, I agree with that. They were just like, uh, no. No. Okay, bye. Rand, Rand did not give it the weight that he kept saying it deserved. Yep. Yeah. He's the one who keeps repeating how important it is. And then I felt like he just kind of like, he gave up. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What's your high? That's really tough. I'm going to go with Hinderstap. I really, like the writing of that action sequence to me was, it's the only chapter I read twice this week because I had to reread the the fighting. Fair. Um, It's it's the moment where I was like, oh, Brandon Sanderson writes really cool combat. And like the idea of it being so dark that the only way that he could recognize Durlin was the form that he was using. I, I just, I, everything about that to me was, um, it was, it was really cool. It was, it was one of those moments where I was like, I don't think I've read a scene like this ever before. And I liked that, you know? Fair. Yeah, fantasy can be tough. Fantasy is one of those genres where like everything in fantasy has been in something else, right? Yeah. Um, there's so many tropes in fantasy and it's hard for things to feel truly new. And there are a few times in there. There's a few times in the Wheel of Time where Robert Jordan pulled that off, mm-hmm. uh, and Hindersap was the first time in the Wheel of Time where I felt like Brandon Sanderson wrote a, a fully new concept into a fantasy novel. Yeah. Okay. Fair um, enough. That didn't feel like derivative of something else, and mm-hmm. I, I just I really liked it. Yeah. And someone who's read more fantasy than I do will be like, well, but it's very similar. I I, I I'm saying like to me, right? Yeah. Um, I can only t- talk about it from my perspective, and mm-hmm. I just um. Yeah, the the whole the, the setup of Hinderstap and the way he wrote uh, the the way he wrote Matt's luck not so much, but the way he wrote the greed and how it influenced them to break their own rules, like everything about that, I just I was really moved by it and um, I I liked it a lot. Yeah. 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 No, I feel that. Yeah, no, I liked I liked Sir. Not I feel like we argued a, a lot about this week, be, not because there was anything to dislike. Yeah. It, but the the writing brought up a lot of things it. to talk about. Totally. Which 100%. is how I, what I would rather argue about, right? Like you yeah. liking something and me not liking something is very different than me thinking that this character is failing and you think that they're succeeding and why we might both be right and both be wrong. Yeah. Like uh, this week had a lot of interesting conversations, but I I, I really liked the reading. Yeah, me too. Um, I just, I, I do think like this, I think that this week is very important in that those plot lines that ended, part- particularly um, Avienda doing nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> It had a great ending. Yeah. No, fuck. I take back my high. As much as I like Hinderstap, by, by, uh, the line. That was my other high. Yeah. That the, was the my line. other high. Um, you have to know what you're putting someone through if, when you call him that saying. Yep. Uh, that, obviously, that's paraphrase. That No, that's got to be my high. I, I don't know why I didn't think of that immediately. Uh, no, I think that's fair. The Hinderstap stuff is really fucking cool. Yeah. There's so many highs in this book. Like, there, there's, there's so much stuff. It's really yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, the Purge plus Groundhog Day is Hinderstep. That's very funny. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't, like, I don't know that the magic system of Hinderstep works within the Wheel of Time, but whatever. Who cares? It was mm-hmm. cool. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, uh, Karen Tavarin says, uh, read the start next chapter title. Do you want to read it? You know what it is, right? The Death of Tuan. Do you know why it's called The Death of Tuan? No. Do you want to make a prediction for me? Why is it called The Death of Tuan? Okay, well, I don't think Tuan is actually going to fucking die here. I think it's because she's now the empress, so she fucking is going to get a new goddamn name or something stupid. Yeah, and she's going to get a new birthday. And now she's going to be one a year old. A new birthday. She's one And Matt's going to be like, old. yeah, my wife is one year old. Don't okay. worry about it. It's not actually weird. It just sounds weird. It just sounds weird. Don't worry about it. Yeah. If you like this video, like and subscribe to the channel. If we sound weird, hit the dislike button. Leave me in comments down below because Algorithm God is hungry and we must feed her this episode that Algorithm Goddess is. Avienda, going over with Ian. Let's she's go. But she's hungry. keeping her clothes on, unfortunately. Um, what? Uh, Sorry, what was that? Nothing. Didn't say anything. Do you want to run naked into the desert? No, I'm so pale. You probably will at some point, though. I'm so a, pale. In when we'll go to Nevada and shoot in the desert for a for, photo shoot. Actually, yeah. yeah, we'll probably do Daenerys nude there. That'll be fun. Uh, if you want to follow us on the internet, you can. I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clarice Pilar. Leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and we will read whatever you write on this channel. No one's done that in a while, so we haven't read one in a while. But if you want to change that, if you want us to read some dumb shit, do it. Go for it. Uh, yeah, there is a book club next week. I fixed the schedule. So sorry about that. We're reading till the end of forty one. Uh, I'm, I don't know how I messed up the schedule, but we will be doing till the end of 41. We're also reacting to chapter 39, 40, and 41. So if you are a member or a patron, uh, you'll get to see those. That's going to be bonkers. Come back in a couple hours for my uh, first playthrough of Tears of the Kingdom, a game Clarice will probably never pick up. So I don't have to worry about spoiling you on it. Probably not. Yeah. No, I'm good. Honestly, I don't know that you could. Like, the story is, it's a sequel, so like... Yeah, I died. <laughs> Although um, people played Jedi Survivor without playing Fallen Order, so... What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Well, they just, this game came out and they were like, oh, there is a previous one. So, yeah. They'll have to go back and play it because the first one's great. Yeah. Uh, that's all the that's all the end stuff. Should we it's do all the PG Smut stuff. Corner? Smut Corner. Smut this is a tough corner. week to add Smut into, but the one I want to add first is uh, Sorley and Catswain are definitely pillow friends, right? I hope so. Those two are like they made deserve, for each other. Yeah, they deserve some stress relief, 100%. I also was like really hoping that like, you know, Avienda doesn't want to, like, shame Rand or whatever, but, like, she doesn't give a fuck about men. I think they should, like, fool around, get to know one another, so that when the foursome happens, mm, they're, like, all mm-hmm. on the same page. Yeah. But Avienda is too busy with her pruny finger, um, so. But why is her finger wet, Clarice? That's very good Why question. is the finger wet? <laughs> yeah. Why, why is the rum oh gone? Oh, God. Why is the rum gone? I'm not even sure where else to add a sex scene into this week. I should think of the, I should, one of these weeks I should think about it before I get here. Well, it's, I mean, I never right? think about Smut Corner until we get to Smut Corner. It's just weird, right? Because like Rand is like not in a good place. So like Rand and Min are not fucking. No. For the first time in years, they are not fucking. Year, years, yeah. Um, I think like the, Tom is getting ready to get Maureen back, you know? Oh, Tom He's is. He's building up yeah, his yeah. endurance Tom again. is jacking off constantly to make sure that his stamina is there. Yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, real time, using your gifted memes for this, the Nerdy Nightly Hinderstap Orgy. Oh! <laughs> we take out the violence. It's actually, they don't, like, all kill each other. Instead, they just fuck all we night. We should make a porn parody of Hinderstap. Oh it, we should do a whole series of Wheel of Time porn parodies. Yeah? Yeah, like, Rand oh. goes to Ruidian. Oh, my God. Rockin' in Ruidian. Fuck off. We'll, 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 we'll work with woodrocket.com to put out our porn parodies of Jesus the Wheel of Time. Christ. Is this going to be like the Glee ones? Where they're just like so fucking cringe? Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Right. Love it. Love it. 
Big booty bitches make the rockin' world go well, around. We'll do a prequel with Maureen and Swan. If you have never, if you have never watched the Glee porn parody, go on YouTube and search for it. The the scenes without all of the sex are there, because I'm not gonna lie, it's not a great porno. But um, the the scenes are a thousand percent worth watching. It it the the song. You heard it here, folks. The song parodies that they do. And it's porn stars like doing song parodies. It's one of the funniest. I I really recommend. Uh, so, what are you doing? Stop, bro. What are you doing? Stop, bro. Thank you, Michael Kiss, for that super chat. So I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, on our first night of teching Elf the Musical, a very wholesome family musical. Very. And the the like our boss's boss's boss from Networks, the touring company, came down to visit us and gifted us all of this apple pie moonshine. And so we got hammered with our boss's 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 boss and like watched porn parody scenes, not the porn, just the scenes on YouTube yeah, until yeah. like three o'clock in the morning. Because there's a bunch of musical ones. There's a uh, Wizard of Oz porn parody musical scenes that are h- fucking hilarious on YouTube. Oh uh, there's the Glee one. There's a 1970s porno, um, Alice in Wonderland, that has fully choreographed and like costumed musical sequences. Jesus and I, I highly recommend them. I like I highly, highly recommend them. There's a there's an Iron Man porn parody that has like full on CGI scenes that are terrible and hilarious. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I if you wow. if you need a laugh and you are down to like do edibles, I highly <laughs> recommend getting high and just watching like the terrible acting in porn parody um, scenes. People go all out for this shit. It's it's dude. It is. It's it, uh, that I, I, like that night in Chattanooga. Chat is like dead because everyone's taking notes. Chattanooga that night in Chattanooga is one of my most vivid memories for like. One of the most fun nights I've ever had in my life. We had a we had a blast, and we were like with this man who could fire all of us, and we're like, we'll just watch pornos, like it's fine. Yeah, that's not weird. Oh, it was so funny. God damn it. Well, um, I think there's one in the Glee in Glee that's like, oh, you're gonna make me come tonight. Oh, wow. I, oh. I think it's oh, you're gonna glaze those pale white thighs. What? Oh, you're gonna make me come tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something like that. It's so funny. Oh, it's like my so, God. so, 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 so funny. Uh, definitely, definitely recommend the Glee porn parody. Um, Jesus. if you want a good laugh. And that's the end of our show. Thank you for being here. Uh, this is not sponsored by BadDragon.com, but c- clearly it should be. Should be. BadDragon.com. Their dildos are expensive, but they will destroy your asshole. <laughs> Apparently. We're going to get limited monetization on this video again. Probably. The birthday stream got limited by YouTube. Oopsie. Do something nerdy tonight. (laughs) Bye. Thank you, Tormods, as always. Yeah, you guys are the best. Bye.